Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Cat Buddha Podcast. Today's guest is Penzo. Do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, I'm Penzo. I um I, I do World of Warships things occasionally, and I put googly eyes on things. It's, it's really hard to give yourself an intro. Like it's like, how do I introduce yourself? How do I tell people who I am in a couple of words? I have no idea. You tell me. How do you describe yourself? Uh. I exactly. like really cats. Good, it? it wouldn't involve Jesus. googly eyes. Yeah. <laughs> That's my introduction. Yeah, I've just completely messed it up. It's great. Off to a great start. Continue <laughs> as far as I mean to go on. You know, just complete rambling. Here we go. Well, I mean, we can just jump into the first dev block, which is a short one. It's about ship restrictions for the ongoing clan battles. Now, do you play clan battles? We we I both do. are not really clan battle people. I've I've been playing this season. Like I've been, we've been. I think we're in Typhoon Two at the minute. We're actually like not in Hurricane yet, and I'm kind of sad about it. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's been a very sweaty season, almost as sweaty as Outsiders right now. Um, the meta was kind of stale. It was like you know every single game we got double Condid, double Napoli, double Smiland, and then a Kremlin. Or if somebody's feeling fancy, a random battleship. It's it's not exactly the most diverse meta. Mm. Yeah, so that, that explains why they're now limited to one Condi and one Napoli. Yeah, so I believe this dev blog specifically, um, and these changes, came specifically because community feedback went directly to Bogsy and Seraphice, the NANEU community managers, and they pushed for it because it turns out, like, I think... I think the original thing was, there was a couple of messages came out on the Privateer and CC dev Q&A discords, which is basically like, if we ban Conde, um, we're just going to see a switch to a different super ship, and we don't really see this as worth it, because like, people have spent 50 million credits on their Condes. Like, we don't want to make them spend another 50 million credits, you know what I mean? Mm. Mm-hmm. But then we're like, no, no, the meta's really bad. Just please, just do something about it. <laughs> It's, it's interesting that it's it's so driven by uh, like the community manager side of things rather than you know being bounced by devs or well super testers or I don't know. Well, we have the C- we have CST. They exist, sure. Super testers not really who I would go to for balancing decisions because super test is like the broad spectrum of the player base, like a proportional representation of the players as a whole, and I wouldn't. If I'm balancing for competitive, uh, i.e. clan battles, I'm balancing for the top end of competitive, and if it was going to go at anybody, it would probably be CST, but I don't think they'd get much say in anything these days, to be honest. Hmm. Um, The the reason it came via Bogsy and Sarah is basically those are actually relatively in touch with the the competitive side of the community, and they're just like, oh, it's like, hey, Bogsy, hey, Sarah, can you, like, do something about this, please? Please, can can you fix this? Like, we don't like the meta, because, like, what the... The dev team, quote-unquote, doesn't really play clan battles themselves. They're not in touch with the competitive side of the game, as we've seen time after time with, like, you know, mm-hmm. ships being horrendously overpowered. And it's like, ah, Petro's fine, what are you talking about? Three yeah. years later, it's still banned from everywhere. It's like, <laughs> and, and, you know, submarines, they're, they're a thing. Can submarines actually enter clan battles? Not yet, thank God. Please, <laughs> hopefully not for as long as possible. I like they're not ready, they're not fun, and it's not going to make for a very engaging environment, really, is it? Yeah, that that wouldn't necessarily stop wargaming doing it. Though. <laughs> Let's face it. 
Ah, yes. Soon, submarines will take their rightful place in clan battles, right next to the aircraft carriers <laughs> that everybody's been asking for, right? Yes, exactly. Well, uh, aside from clan battles, there are some changes to, to like, test ships. We can't comment much on that. No, I can't really talk yeah. about it. I don't, I don't think there's anything particularly striking there. I mean, there's a big buff to Collingwood's bow. Like, that's a, a large buff from 1696. Yeah. But that's the only really notable change in that blog, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, I'm still not sure. Are they going for, I'm not sure if Wokami has decided if they're going for the brawling British battlecruisers or if they're going for the, like, uh, that one's sniping the, ones. That one's the premium. I think. Yeah, oh, it, it's it, okay. it's the uh, the one that Drac was very unenthusiastic about, to put it uh, mildly. Yeah, <laughs> he was pinned <laughs> by that one. Yes. Obviously, I can't comment on any of the ships bouncing because I have played them all, so it's like mm, I can't see anything. But I have opinions. I have very strong opinions. I'm not allowed to tell you what they are. Yeah. But I have <laughs> well, then uh, to a more. Interesting topic. There is apparently going to be a new map, which, I mean, they say it's in the early stages, so I don't know if this will even be this year or not, but it's nice to see that they are now working on a new map now that we've got Faroe Islands. Yeah, I, I, I was speculating about this uh, last time, um, that now that they're done with the underwater modeling stuff for existing maps, that we might start to see a more steady drip of uh, new maps so it's it's kind of hard to draw uh, a, a conclusion from from this but you know maybe we'll start to see more new maps I think, coming um, in it's, it's been there was quite a drought there for a while i think they've said in a recent q and a somewhere that they're planning on releasing them at the state of about one or two a year which, you know, but they okay. already have, like, 50 maps in the game this year, so they don't see a need for it, as opposed to, like, when the game was new. But uh, have you have you looked at the layout of this, like, new map? It's one of the more asymmetric ones, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see how the South team plays the game. Like, I don't, I don't know if you, like, this is a podcast, so we can't really describe it, but... Okay, actually, we can describe it. What you do is you open Google Maps, right? You go to Google Maps, then you type in Seychelles Islands, right? Because it is literally, they have actually just taken the uh, the top left, the top right archipelago from the Seychelles. So if no. you just, like, scroll all the way in on the Seychelles, you go up and right a bit till you find Ladig, or I, I don't know how you pronounce it, but if you, if you zoom into it, you can, you can find the actual map in the game. So you can make your own decisions based on it. Yeah, that, that is interesting, because that's I think that's the first time they've explicitly tried to do this rather than just use it as theming. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how well it's going to work. But, it, I mean, bear in mind, this is, like, the very first look at it. It might change substantially. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look particularly balanced right now. I mean, they, they say in the article that they want to use this to try to see if they can make real-world locations work in-game. But the problem, of course, is that real life isn't balanced. Nobody, <laughs> like, you know... It's not I mean, like uh, islands decided to spring up in because World of Warships wanted them to be there. 
Yes. I mean, if you're going to do an in uh, like a real-life map, I want to see the Suez Canal. You just have both teams spawn at one end of the Suez Canal and just try and push down into each other. It's like two brothers with only the middle channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that... that you, you need, I think, like a low-tier map for that. Then it would be hilarious. This one, though, I think is actually meant to be for high tiers, unfortunately. This the Seychelles one. Uh, there is a line yeah. somewhere in that dev blog. Yeah, I don't think Wargaming makes low-tier content anymore, at least not when they can no, avoid I mean, it. If you look at how many low-tier premiums we've had over the last few years, we've had what? Uh, Almirante Brew. Um, yeah, there's not been much below tier 5, has there? There was... I think we had Agincourt, but that's a tier 5. I don't think we Yeah, Rio de Janeiro is coming up soon. That's also a tier five, but I think yeah. that's, it's, it's, that's only a slightly different version of uh, Argentina. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more of a like, variation. Yeah, they've got the same Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday gun layout. Um, I think it's got a different bridge and a different gameplay, like different gameplay style, but it's... Yeah, it's, it's not secondary focused focus like Ashen Core. Although we did see in that previous uh, uh, test ship blog, the upping the reload to 31 seconds from 30 which is not the worst at tier 5 but it's still a little uncomfortable when a battleship goes over 30 seconds I mean you see that like I think Vermont and that after their recent changes they seem to be doing alright actually it's a, it's not just like having having high load high, high reload isn't the death knell for a battleship but it does kind of no abso- absolutely not no it's just uh, it's, it's uncomfortable to play Yes. Yeah, and if you're going to do it on a premium, um, you're going to kind of lose the incentive to people that want to buy a ship because 31 second reload doesn't matter. Like, it's basically the Death Star effect, you know what I mean? It's like, sure, you can shoot one shot every game that will definitely dev strike a ship, but for the rest of the game, you're not really doing much. You know, you, you have the full 20-minute charge-up time to actually one-shot one <laughs> ship, but it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll just sit over here for 20 minutes and reload. Don't worry about me. Yeah, and it's it's like very frustrating for the involved, right? Because it's not uh, it's not fun to being like deathstruck, and it's not fun to sit there and do nothing, just look at your reload, right? Yeah, but you've got seven reload bars, so you know <laughs> what you can do, right? <laughs> is you can just decide, all right, to offset how boring this is going to be with a thirty-second reload, I can just fire one turret every. <laughs> four seconds, and I've got a four-second reload on. Hey, guns. that's that's Wargaming's advice from your newest battleship video. <laughs> Don't fire all your guns. I mean, that's you not bad miss. advice. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, yeah. Especially but the argument is you could miss, you know. I mean, for, for context, like I was just say for context, Agent Core is thirty-six, but of course that has got the secondaries. I didn't realize that I'd, that the real Denaro had a different reload time. To be honest with you, I just looked at them and they're just like, "That is basic." I mean, isn't aren't they historically the same ship? I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> uh, basically, uh, like Rio de Janeiro is the what if Agincourt is um, as it was actually fitted out when it was um, seized by the Royal Navy. Um, Rio de Janeiro is what if it had gone off to its original? I think uh, it was the Brazilian Navy. Because they were the ones that initially ordered it, and then it kind of ended up getting sold to uh, the Ottomans, and then it was the seizure of it for 
the Royal Navy that was one of the the big factors in the Ottomans going in on the side of of uh, Germany and Austria. History knowledge. I wish I had history knowledge. I I can like vaguely gesture towards what the history was, but usually I need somebody like you or Kilivan or like literally, I just need a pocket history nerd to be able to tell me. (laughs) Luckily, this community is absolutely full of them. So if it's... you need a history nerd for something, you just shout a question in the ether. Yeah. Somebody in Twitch chat will know the answer and have a five-page dissertation it's... on it, right? Go. It's one of the, the, the things with this, this game has actually much more gotten me into is this kind of naval history side of things. I didn't know nearly as much way back when I started. Yeah, I had no clue about naval history. I'm, I'm learning bits and pieces as, as we go along. Yeah, it's just learning via osmosis. If you just like... Yeah. There's just history nerd conversations happening everywhere, and you're just accidentally learning things. Not going out of your way, but like you just like pick it up. Like it's just you just accidentally. It's like if you ever like hear those stories about people who just end up in a different country randomly and just learn the language by osmosis. It's basically like learning history by osmosis. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that new map. So not a fan. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll see what comes out of that. That that is the. This is the very earliest look at it. So, I mean, yeah, it'll be a while it, before we see anything more substantial. I suspect it, the problem with it is going to be is if this test doesn't work because that specific map isn't balanced. That doesn't mean that there aren't places in the world you could base a map off that would be balanced. It's just actually going out with you to find the appropriate place it's going to be the problem it's it's nice in theory to have maps that that historically represent different areas but um i and i suspect a lot of other people would would still be much more in favor of you know balanced maps that have a theme relevant to a certain area rather than this is an exact reputation, uh, representation of, you know, these islands or this bay or, or whatever. Depends on the game mode. If you want to do it for operations or an ASMR... Well, well yeah. for, for operations, yeah. I, I think that, that absolutely, you know, would be... It would be, also uh, be alright for an asymmetrical battle mode if you've got, like, a full team of TR8s versus a full team of TR6. It doesn't matter how unsymmetrical the map is. You know, like, the balancing factor is going to be a combination of the map being imbalanced, but also the teams being imbalanced. So you're going to have like four ships on one side, eight ships on the other, or whatever it is. I can't remember how the exact mechanics work. So you could work it in asymmetric modes, but I've always been a fan of um, rotational symmetry for balanced maps. But unfortunately, apparently that doesn't work in World of Warships. For some reason, maps like Ocean and what's the other <laughs> one map we have? We have one rotationally symmetric map. It's only available in clan battles and ranked. Ah. Uh... Is that Crash Zone Alpha or whatever it's called? No, Repost, Repost. Okay. It's the one that's got like, well, it's got like three caps that are all far too close together and really, really small. Um, that's the only rotational summary, that and Ocean. But apparently they both have win rates higher for the Northern team, which originally I was going to blame on the Sun, but they tried rotating the Sun at some point and that didn't make the difference either. So there's something about spawning North that has a psychological impact on players and makes them lose more often. <laughs> I'm wondering if, if, like, people just have a tendency to, to go, like, on a certain flank, or if it's... I don't know. It's, I mean, it's an interesting on a flank. It doesn't really matter if it's rotationally... Unless you mean, like, 
So when I spawn in, I think I naturally just press the D key and then W. It doesn't uh, before looking at my team lineup, I'm like automatically mm-hmm. turning right. Not looking at where I've spawned, I'm just automatically assuming I'm going to go turn right. And then I look at the map. It's like, oh, I'm I'm actually Lemmington. Let me go turn back now. I'm going to go left now, and I'm like five minutes late at the battle or whatever. But it, it, I, I don't know. If it's a rotational scenario map like that, you you would think that everybody would do the same thing no matter what side they spawned on. People are weird. I'm just vo- I'm currently just voguing right now. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 an interesting problem, right? And there isn't an obvious uh, an obvious solution. But what we'd need to see now is a heat map, like where do ships go, and then see if they position differently when they spawn in the north and the south. And then from okay. them, you could probably try to figure out why. I'm gonna go ask. I'm gonna go ask right now. <laughs> this is Dev Q and A. Can we see a heat map of ocean? Can we see heat map? I mean, no, it's uh, it's really interesting. Well, coming to something. Uh... Jeffrey kind of classified it as interesting, but we've got some new changes to submarines. Our favorite topic, yay. The the most concerning part is already the first sentence. We continue to fine-tune submarines. You don't fine-tune submarines. You are are miles off from fine-tuning submarines. Submarines are in like the raw, rough, in a very rough state. That uh, sentiment was very... uh, uh, um, prevalent on uh, Reddit, and I think I look at a forum thread as well. On the, yeah. uh, the forums, and uh, people were definitely taking exception to the fine tuning part of that. Um, I mean, yeah. the, the biggest problem is that Wargaming is making very small changes to submarines, and they're introducing premium after premium after premium, or announcing that. So, Wargaming seems at the state where they have genuinely believe that they've cracked it and submarines are fine because otherwise they would stop like they 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 basically seem to be like yeah we would just like fiddle a little bit there and we now we throw out all of our premiums and everything is gonna be fine it's very concerning but not like we can stop it i'm afraid I think yeah I'm, I'm getting flashbacks to um the carrier we work to be honest when um, the, the point where it all was like, right, this is all ready to go, and a lot of people were scratching their heads and going, really, really? And it took a lot. It, it had a a really long, drawn-out tail end, and then there's a lot of parts of it that still don't feel yeah. finished. We had day one Hellcare Ryu. That was, uh, that was fun, you know, Gaishu getting 500,000 damage games. Yep, completely fine. CV work is a complete success. Definitely yeah. nothing has gone wrong here. You know, we're going to have to completely rework the flooding system now because we didn't realize how goddamn broken it was going to be. Um, spotting is still a nightmare. The key yes, tribe- yeah. I mean, we've had some vague noises about the changing of, of um, spotting mechanics for carriers, but, um, you know, it, it seems to be something that's being worked on at a very slow pace or else they just uh, keep, you know, trying and discarding millions of ideas and we just don't care to hear about it, maybe. Well, the problem is, every time they try an idea that sounds like it might be a good idea, they always slap on a weird little like downside to it as well. Like, mm. when they were doing that one test with the... Um, they had one test where CVs could only spot on a little cone in front of them. But yep. for some reason, they decided at the same time they were going to increase the air spotting uh, 
spotting of every ship to its maximum spotting. Yes. Yeah. Surface spotting, which means that you were going to be spotted at like eight kilometers in a club air. So obviously, sure, the cone spotting is good, but the fact that I'm now being spotted by eight kilometers away, like, why are you tacking on this needless thing? Do you literally want bad feedback on this so you can say, no, we tried. Hold the hand. We tried. Players didn't like it. And there was the other test as well where they had it so um, they halved the air concealment of every single DD, but they made it so that you would have an air bloom of 20 seconds at your full range. So, like, if you shot your air and just sectored your air during it once when it was flying over, you would then be spotted for the full 20 seconds. Like, I like the idea of the air getting halved, you know, the air spotting getting mm-hmm. halved, but I didn't really like the fact that I'm now bloom spotted for 20 seconds because that doesn't make sense, especially if something leaves and then comes back into your air and then it somehow spots you again because you're still bloomed, but it hasn't been in yet. It's just a mess. It's like, of course these ideas don't work. Yeah, there was also the idea that anti-air basically starts shooting and doing no damage in a wider range, so you get air spotted even sooner. But if you turn your anti-air off, you are better concealed. If you turn it back on again, it only slowly ramps up, meaning you had to make a choice between getting screwed over by planes even harder or just never use anti-air. And it's like... It's odd that they've they've uh, it's one of those instances instances where we can look at all this stuff and think, do they do they really have an idea what they want out of this? Do they really know what they're doing with their game? You just uh, occasionally get that vibe from from certain decisions. It's, it's the uh, throw stuff at a wall and see what sticks approach. Yeah. If we just throw enough stuff at this wall, eventually something's going to stick, right? No, you just have a wall covered in shit now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the saddest idea is that all you need to do is carriers only spot for themselves and can't spot for others. They only do minimap spotting. It's an easy fix. It would work fine. And Wargaming claims claims that they tried it internally and it doesn't work, which is obviously bullshit. Because we have cyclones that do literally that. We have um, radar render delay, which does literally that. We have those other weird weather mechanics that I think... Wait, did any of them make it... We have hydrophones currently, which do surface spotting only. Which apparently, I don't even know how that works, because like I remember watching my minimap yesterday as a DD was being hydrophoned, and I didn't even realize that was a thing, because the DD wasn't spotted. It was like... How long has he been on spot? Yeah. Wait, what? That, that just moved! What? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hydrophone mechanics are terribly explained as well. Just, just putting that with <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's always fine except for carriers. It, and that's why I, I feel like somebody just genuinely, that, uh, I, I've joked in the past that carriers just have a very large lobbying effort, right? They basically pressure the wargaming into not nerfing them. So every time, just to placate the masses, they come out with an idea that's actually a buff to carriers, and then like, oh, sorry, we tried, we tried, no, so, oh, we can't do anything. And when somebody comes up with a good idea, they're like, ah, oh, we tried that internally, you never saw it, but trust me, we tried, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's really weird, because we have, like, all these things. It was like, oh, we're going to test submarines on the live server, right, in this special mode called Submarine Battles. 
you know, where players can decide if they want to play with the submarines. And you can try all these new, crazy, wacky mechanics, and you can say, he has my feedback on this. But for some reason, they don't want to try that kind of mechanic with CVs, spotting, or anything. They don't want to do public tests on the public server anymore. Like, I, I don't understand this. Why why was it okay to do it for submarines? Why is it not okay for other mechanics changes like air spotting and all these things? Reasons. Probably mm-hmm. money. Yeah. I think I think honestly, I think the bottom line is money on that one. It's like, well, players aren't gonna stop playing the game if we don't fix aircraft spotting. However, we want to make some more money, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna force through these submarines because we can sell so many extra like premium ships if we do yeah how much less dev time it takes to make a submarine that we can sell how many more players are going to be like oh this game has submarines i'll go try it what's this game called world of warships like like there is a market out there for submarine enthusiasts you know who would like probably want to come check out this game with the submarines added to it so that's a bottom line decision i think yeah, but the question is just how many more people are they going to capture with that and how many are they going to lose if they have a very bad implementation of submarines? Well, the, quest, the, the, the second follow-up question to that is how is churn a good thing? Like, do they just want to increase the churn? Because we've already spent all the money. We've got all the premium ships. You know, we've been playing for years. Yeah, but new see, players. that's the thing, right? Wargaming releases so many new premiums and they wouldn't need to do that if they wanted just to sell to new players, right? You can't sell a new player tier pits. You don't need a, a Anhalt or whatever to sell to a new player, right? You you have hundreds of premium ships that you can sell to a new player, but Wargaming pushes out so many new ships constantly that they're selling you. And there's constantly just sales of everything on the website. That's all just for existing players. So it looks like the whole marketing strategy is sell as much expensive stuff to existing players that are hooked on the game and don't want to quit because they've already spent so much money and make them spend more. That's Sun the feeling that I get. The same reason yeah. submarines yeah. still exist. I yeah. think, I think there's a, this is certainly one of the more kind of niche multiplayer games out there as well compared to... God, I don't even know. There's probably many We're not multiplayer, legal. free-to-play, no. shootery games or strategy games like... Uh, um, does league count as a strategy? I don't know, but um, yeah, the the, um, the I, I don't know if they can really afford to have a strategy of of uh, like deliberately encouraging player churn. To be honest, well, if they had a strategy of wanting new players to come into the game, they should probably fix the tier four matchmaking system because I don't yes. like playing tier four with two CVs every game. It's like it, it's um. It's funny that that was um, like for years and years. I was able to point to this versus um, World of Tanks as as being a lot better in that regard. But I don't know if I can anymore. Certainly not for the last like two, three, four years. I don't know. Like I've I've talked to several new players. Like basically, there's like, oh yeah, this game's really fun. I'm quite enjoying it. And then. It's like, how can we stop playing? I got sick of being bombed by two CVs every game and there's nothing I can do about it. I can't shoot back at them. But it's like, yep, yep. Does it get better at higher tier? Eh, there's less. You see, less, you see two CVs less often and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> the it's, one it's, CV it's, you see is going to be twice as strong. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't, about relative power? It depends. Like two seal clubbing... Um, 
I don't know, what's the strongest tier 4 CVs? It, whatever the strongest tier 4 of them. Two seal clubbers and those things do more work to get rid of players than as, than as many FDRs as you can think of. As many United States. Like, they... The people seal clubbing at TFO with carriers and their 21 point captains with two of them at a time going after this poor little battleship that's got zero AA and no way to defend himself. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree. It's, it's frustrating and it stops new players from playing. But from like the strike power, I'd say like there are, there are a lot of higher tier CVs that are pretty broken. Mm, sure. I think, I think the difference is by, by the time you get to seeing higher tier CVs, you're already much more invested in the game versus lower tier yeah. CVs, where it's, it's a lot easier to just go, oh, yeah, okay, I'm just going to walk away from this. It's not, the thing is, though, as well, is sure, the higher tier CVs have the raw alpha strike, but the lower tier ones have this constant, constant stream coming at you to just build the frustration upon you. You'll get torpedoed once. And then it'll turn all the way around you, and you'll shoot down zero planes because you have no AA. And then it'll drop another torpedo onto that side, and then it'll do another lap. It's got six drops. It's got to drop six times. Like that slow, painful death is much worse than just being one shot. You know what I mean? There is certainly some uh, some frustration involved, right? When when you feel like you can't fight back, and you're just slowly getting grinded down. I used to love I mean, playing tier four. Before the CV work, when I could only be auto dropped by playing CVs, I used to love playing Clemson. I used to, I used to take all of the pleasure in the world in just like going and bullying the two CVs that ended up in my games. It's like it's just like, and then the CV rework happened, and they could no longer like forced to auto drop, and then it's like, oh, actually, I'm being airspot forever. I don't like this. This isn't fun anymore. I don't like it. Man. It was definitely a huge drawback of the rework, and uh, yeah, it has created this hump that people have to get past at tier four. Honestly, I would be curious what would happen if you remove the tier four CVs entirely. And so they've decided with submarines for whatever reason that they're not going to exist until tier six, which makes me think that they recognise that like toxic yeah. mechanics at tier four where you knew your players are. It's probably like not a good thing for player retention. I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like they basically walking is just giving up on lower tiers, right? So they don't want to spend much dev time into something that they can't monetize that heavily. So maybe that's they started at higher tiers. Although, how do they gonna do that when when they are released, right? What what? Uh, you need to play like a destroyer line and then suddenly jump over to the subline. Or how do you start the subline then? It'll, pro it'll probably just come off the side of the destroyer line, I guess. I think every line has actually German, Russian, British. Actually, do we have British submarines in testing, or do I imagine that? I don't think so. I've not seen anything about German, American, and Russian. Then was it? Yeah, just those three. Yeah, they've all got DD lines. You can come off. And there's a Japanese one definitely being tested as well. Yeah, premium. premium. Yeah, it's the I whatever the hell, but without the chitons. The submarine with the gun. Yeah, because you're not allowed to have um, the chiton in the game because it won't go down very well. And uh, what's 24,000 hit points at a T-8 submarine? Yeah. I mean, that's like a T-6 cruiser. Um, I think there's, there's destroyers that don't have that at tier 8. There's destroyers that don't have that at tier 10. Shimakazi base HP pools 18,000, 17,900. So, 
uh, you, uh, even with survivability expert, even with improved survivability expert, you're still not touching that. I think Elbing's what thirty. Hmm. Like majority of DDs don't hit thirty k. So like yeah, twenty eight thousand HP pool at TR eight. I don't I understand d- why submarines have to be tankier than destroyers. By the way, this makes zero sense to me. Is it probably because people have found out that they can counter submarines by ramming them with ramming flags. And walking is like no, no, no. You go what? down, destroyer. I mean, it, why not? Why are you not just, allowed to ram a submarine? <laughs> it kills the submarine walking doesn't want them. I mean, yeah, we, we've had, I think, previous dev vlogs where they've talked about, you know, their, their target for the number of, of players um, playing subs or the number of subs in battles and that, that they weren't quite reaching that. So we're, we've had, I mean, like, speed is the obvious thing where I think pretty much all the subs in the game now are faster in some cases, dramatically faster than than they ever were in real life. That they've had to to change all these characteristics We've to um, with all like artificially ones. inflate a bunch of things to to make subs um, like fun for some players. But of course, that comes at the expense of fun of other players, sort of thing. And the more they have to inflate certain things, the the worse the disparity gets. And the thing is, as well, though, is if you're doing all of these buffs to help out the worst players. If you put a super unicum in a submarine, well, yes, that's it. You get you, even now you get plenty of subs that uh, like they have very little impact on the game. But then sometimes you'll see a sub player that is being annoyingly effective because they've figured out how to use all these tools, and they've you know maybe found themselves or, or been able to deliberately seek out the favorable circumstances that gets them the the best result. So uh, yeah, there's 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 quite a a wild disparity between good subplayers and bad subplayers that is very reminiscent of what life like uh, used to be like in the RTS carrier days. And, you know, Wargaming specifically moved away from that model to get away from that disparity. And yet here they are putting a class in the game that has exactly that disparity built into it. Some would argue <laughs> so, that's the uh-huh. disparity as well. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's it's a whole thing. It's <laughs> it's a head scratcher. So, I think the problem is Wargaming's reluctance to adopt the trickle down balance approach. For some reason, they've always said that we don't balance around the top end of the player base. We balance around the average player, and this means that in a situation like this, you're going to end up with things that are able, like with when you get the one guy who actually does know how to play with the ship. He's going to be pumping out such ridiculous numbers compared to all of the people who haven't quite figured it out, who who are making him by like making the averages look so much worse than there's just him and his five hundred thousand damage per game United States or whatever. It's like yeah, like, I mean that that to me though when you have just this inherent issue with with a ship or a whole class of ships in this in this case, that really makes me think, well, maybe this shouldn't be in the game. Or not well, in random battles. That. It's almost as if there was a, a, a couple of modes that would perfectly suit submarines. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe some sort of, like, like a convoy attack and defense kind of mode. <laughs> you know, like, hmm. Which I always find it funny. Like, the last time we had... Uh, submarines on the live server. We had the operation, operations, and convoys were the two modes that you couldn't actually play submarines in. 
submarines still can't. I mean, you can now do. You can take. I think one sub per side in in the convoys, but still can't take them into operations. <laughs> yes, yes. It's. I've never quite understood this one. It's the perfect place to put them. Nobody's going to mind operations with submarines in. People might actually enjoy operations with submarines in. I might have actually enjoyed that one operation we had with submarines a while ago. What was it, the Halloween one? That was yes. kind of yeah. fun. That was but our very first taste of subs in game, in fact. It was. <clears throat> it was the most fun version of submarines in the game so far. It was. We didn't, and we didn't have all this stupid underwater world gimmickiness and all these, like, maximum depth reach. We didn't have plane-launched ASW, which makes zero sense at all, by the way. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We're going to just launch five planes out of thin air from your ship that doesn't even have catapults. But it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's, we're just going to ignore the fact that the Dutch cruisers spawn about a hangar's worth of planes every, like, five seconds. That's yeah. Just... <laughs> And since the Dutch crewers already have planes, let's not give them anything against submarines, because they are so strong anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, because everybody... Like, look look at how much these Dutch cruisers are completely dominating every competitive <laughs> metal. <laughs> you can't even... The sad thing is you can't even do much with the Dutch cruisers in operations, you know, in a really controlled environment where you pretty much know where everything's going to happen. They still do really badly in there as well. I, I mean, to be fair, some... Really- some Lines and classes and nations just don't do that well in ops, but yeah, they're, they're definitely right up there with the least effective of them. There was a dev Q&A a while back where I think they said they were investigating the potential of scaling operations up to higher tiers, which kind of sounded fun, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, that was always one of the downsides of operations, uh, uh, because there aren't that many, that you were fixed to certain tiers, right? So if you were a more interested player in operations or co-op in general, right, you could... You can't play regular co-op at each tier, but you are locked to certain tiers, so you can't like level your ships through operations in itself. It was almost, I mean, I don't know how, yeah. how, well, how much you remember this, but way back in the day when uh, you could take tier 5s and tier 6s into operations, I mean, uh, it could almost be a more interesting challenge to take tier 5s, but of course they stopped doing that because um, people in the tier 5s were just generally doing you know, that they were hurting the win rates overall too much. So um, instead of instead of sort of rebalancing things, instead they just went, well, okay, just single tiers for operations then. Just do it that way. See, I've never, you know, I've never understood about operations. Why you can't just go in solo? I want, like, I want to go in and solo Narai. I want to pick a random ship and play a solo. <laughs> like, I just want to go through Narai. I don't care if I don't get rewards at the end of it. Sure, whatever, because, like, otherwise it would be grossly inflated. But like, can think of all the little community events you could have, where it's like, all right, who can get the highest score in Narai? Who can get know, most damage? Or, um, like, or if you manage to kill everything, who got the best time or whatever? Mm-hmm. You can have so many little cool, cool little community events and, like, base it all around this if, like, they just let us do things in operations properly. And then this leads into a much bigger rant about let me have custom maps. Let me have custom scripting and training rooms. Let me have tower defenses with schliefens as tower... No, that's... <laughs> Like, that's a whole other rant. I will spend 20 hours talking about why I need custom maps and how I will <laughs> never leave the training room. That, that's one thing, actually, where um, War Thunder really does a lot better in that you can have custom maps and, and modes and things like that, and you get people adding entirely new, um, like, planes and ships and whatever. I didn't know War Thunder had that. 
modeled themselves. So yeah, I, I don't know if it's like if it's a particularly huge um, scene, uh, but I, I know uh, that that it is possible that it exists. So I, th- I, th- I mean, there was a, a, a video, and this was a while back now. I think it was on Fly Daily's channel where he was in uh, uh, like a fan-made Vulcan bomber that someone had put in, and it, you, you could only play it on this one custom map that they'd made. But it was a you know fully working Vulcan, which obviously isn't in the uh, the game normally. So yeah, I mean, you could do all sorts. Like if you could do like full historical custom operations, you could do like little racing mini mo- modes. You know, you could have you could you could ban weapons like you could disable the primary weapons. You could reduce the torpedo reload on Klebas or something, and just like make your own little Kleba. Oh, stop! I'm going to get into a rant now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things. There are other games that do that. You know, um, like Payday Two, for instance, which I play a bit, um, has these um, these things called mutators, and you can just play the regular missions with them. But um, the mutators will change things sometimes quite drastically. So, like, you get one enemy type replaced with a different enemy type or guns behave differently or um uh, like you know I, I don't even i don't even know like you know uh, turrets behave differently or my uh, there's other various effects that can, that can happen so that, yeah there's, there's 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 always scope for things they could be doing there's, there's I mean, a lot that they leave on the table it feels like sometimes doesn't StarCraft have like its own sort of mini game modes or so, like a tab where you have special okay, game modes okay. or so that you can play? I mean, that that all born out of Warcraft 3's amazing custom map scene, which is like, you know, Warcraft 3's custom maps spawned genres. Like League of Legends and Dota came yeah. from Dota just in Warcraft 3 custom maps. And then you've got tower defenses. You've got hundreds of tower defense games all over the internet now. They were all over Warcraft 3. I think they may be even StarCraft as well, like the original StarCraft. And, like, I kept going back into Warcraft 3. I had no interest in replaying the campaign over and over or whatever. I had no interest in playing Ladder in Warcraft 3. The only thing that made me want to play Warcraft 3 was going into custom maps and playing stuff like Castle Defense or Footman Frenzy or, like, all of these other, like, tower defense games. And it just made me open the game. And just, the like, once you have somebody open the game then you can do all the marketing to them. They have the game open. This is what you want. You can then be like, hey, look, we've got these offers, by the way. We're selling San Diego right now. You can, you can, you can come by San Diego. Like, it's like oh, yeah, I want to San Diego. Like, you know, while I'm here, I'll, let's just check. I'll just take San Diego. Let's take it on a random battle. I'll go play the custom maps in a bit. You know, like, just something to get you to open the game like that. But no, this, this, these are things that companies don't take into account. These are like... Things is like, no, nah, I don't see any point in developing for the training room, no. Yeah, if it's... they can't directly monetize it, a lot of companies just dismiss it outright, unfortunately. It's the same with operations, though. It's like, people have been for ages saying, oh, we don't see a point in working on operations, people don't play them. I know hundreds of people have bought ships specifically for operations. Hmm. The amount of people who bought Atlantis for Narai is like, <laughs> it's just... It's like, I'm yeah, going to buy Atlanta so I can certain, certain premium, like, I, I was at Tier 6 is a really good example of all that just does well in pretty much all operations as well. Or the Eitel Friedrich, or... Um, Weimar. I, I don't even know. <laughs> Scharnhorst. Scharnhorst is excellent for Narai. Like, this is a monetization thing that is not being tapped into. 
because well, for some reason they've decided that operations aren't worth the development. Yeah, we, we were talking about this, this last week. Sometimes there's just things like uh, in the context of, of camos, there are a lot of times where you'll encounter somebody in battle with uh, a, a camo on the ship and you might go, oh, that, that looks really nice. I'll, I'll see if I can go and buy that after the battle. And you just can't. Yeah, it's this, weird. The fact that we finally got this exterior separation thing happening, so we can actually yes, run that, a camera that, one. That's fantastic. Might, I'll be petitioning that might for ages. Make better. Because now I'm going to see, like, you know, I'm, it's like I'm going to spend two hundred balloons on permacameras every, like, you know, I, I, I get ten thousand balloons a month. I'm going to buy fifty permacameras a month. I don't care about the booster <laughs> port. I just want my ship to look nice. Yes. Like, yeah. And all oh. of those consumable camos, you can now finally just buy them for credits and just have them like, you know, today I want I my ship to look purple, or I want, I don't know, the pie cam, or I want whatever. They're a little expensive, though. 40,000 credits for no in-battle thing. Some of them, like, it, it, it may make that much sense. Yeah, I don't care. If, I, if I, it makes my ship look pretty, I'll give you 100k credits for a battle. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I mean, like, this is this is a thing that we've seen for ages, like, I've got all of these perma camos, stuff like uh, the the space battles camouflages, the Halloween mm-hmm. battles camouflages, a bunch of event camouflages for so my TS7s, my TS6s, my TS8s that I will just never use because the bonuses aren't as good as the expendable camouflages that I've got 50,000 of just sitting there over in a corner in some warehouse that nobody even knows. I don't even know how we're storing it. I don't, I'm surprised that I'm not having a chart, getting paid, having to pay rent to keep all my camouflages in there. But now, I can finally use all these really good-looking perma-camos that I've been sat on for ages. I can run around with my, like, great Gorgon Shokaku or whatever, because it's not going to be a worse bonus than the one that I can apply for it. Which I really True. like. I really like this change. It's something I ranted about. This is something that was given feedback on for months and months and months, like, from day one of joining that program. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to put feedback in. I want... I want a separation of the exterior. I want to be able to. Well, it wasn't, I wanted to be able to pick a camouflage for the exterior effect. This whole like, oh yeah, we're changing it to boosters. That part I don't give. That 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 that's just you know that's some whole mess. So it's it's fine. Apparently, it works out better, but it it didn't need to happen. You know, what I mean, I just wanted to be able mm-hmm. to pick a camouflage that was the visual appearance. Yeah, I've wanted that for a very long time. And there is like, there are so many options. If, if they finally go with that, that route, they could just also develop more camouflages to sell if they, and focus on the monetization. Like, why aren't there more, sh- uh, more camels with cats on them in the game? I mean, seriously. Well, exactly. You've got Izuroku. Uh, you've got the Unsinkable Sam ones. That's like four camels total, right? Yeah, There's there is the, the HSF, Harakas, and I think three Sam camels also. Yeah, that's the Izuroku camel. I, 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 I'm not a weeb. I just know this because I was bought like it was the first. It was the first premium ship I ever owned, and somebody bought it for me as a gift. So I just know what that camouflage is called. Okay, I, I'm not a massive weeb. Don't worry. <laughs> sure, we believe you. Wink. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we judge. <laughs> um, I can't remember what we're going on about now. Oh yeah, cat camel. No, if we're gonna have like this kind of option of purely cosmetic customizations for monetization methods, let me have custom horns. Like, let, like, present me a list of horns in the armory, have a little button that lets me play the sound in advance, and let me choose one. And when I press N, it goes... <laughs> like those, like, you know, just common yeah. horns. 
Yeah. You would make a fucking killing of it. Just charge 200 doubloons each and make it so you have to mount it to the ship. So you have to buy a shitload if you want it for every tier 10 or whatever. I would totally spend, a sh- I would spend all of my doubloons on funny, ha- on funny horns. And then, once you've done that, it make a decal system. Make a decal system and allow us to have some sort of content creator program, right? Where we can have, like, our assets sold on your store and we get a cut. Sounds like a fantastic idea, right? <laughs> I, I'm not sure if they'd go that far, but they they could they could sell their own decals at least. They, they could sell their own decals, but they could also monetize decals from like you know people who make content for the game. Yeah, but I think that like the problem is that they they involve like a legal process. They'd have to make sure that the content creator actually has the rights, and then they'd have to grant the rights to wargaming to use it and so on. So, but like that's would probably be a legal mess. Yeah, but it, was, it doesn't matter if it's a legal mess if it makes them a boatload of money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is just like but, yeah. my fantasy ideas of like how we could monetize how we could monetize cosmetics because I want I want like I don't I don't understand how we don't even have simple things like shaders. Every other game has shaders. What you can do is just like, okay, this is the cal- this is the camo scheme that I want to run, right? It's got these mm-hmm. diagonal stripes. Just let me pick what color the stripes are. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it can't be that hard, right? It's like, I've seen, yeah, like, it, it, you offer a couple of patterns, and then you have like a primary, a secondary, and a tertiary color, or something like that that you pick. Like it's it's in so many games. Yeah, what I mean, what what a tanks kind of has something like that in that. You can pick. Um, I don't think you can customize colors on on the camo patterns, but you can choose custom colors for different parts of your tank, just like solid colors. But so I, I agree, have, being able to have custom colors on on patterns would be nicer. Lovely little rainbow across my ship, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Why not? I definitely this. And then some googly eyes, obviously. Yes, that's the other thing I need. All right, so once we've got the decals in game, we're also going to sell bindable googly eyes that you can just <laughs> on top of each of the turrets. So you can position them. You know, you sit there, you get you get three slots for, like, random accessories, right? And then you can put the googly eyes on the turret or on the bridge or on the bow or on the stern or on the torpedo launcher. Just literally anywhere. Just let me... Pos- no, that's I, I think I'm asking too much now, aren't I? No, I'm yeah. asking for... This is, this is something... War Thunder does it. Why can't we? <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of eyes, there are... What I've wanted is there are some camels, they're like Halloween camels, so that have eyes on them. I always wanted eyes that actually move and track. Wouldn't that be cool? If you have like yes. a camel with like this, this monster head on top and then the eye would just always look at you. You mean like... The, 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 I think there's like those paintings that do the same kind of thing. You just have to make... Yes. So like it's always looking at the camera, and the Great Gorgon is yeah. a really good one for it. The, the uh, Chicago Camel, yeah. I mean, they have some that are a little bit animated. I think like the, the Kraken army. moves the type tentacles a bit or so, and of course, like there are the the uh, flamethrower uh, waterworld camels or so, where they, they have flames coming out and so on. So they could definitely animate an eye. I don't understand. We, we need these animated googly eyes. This is like a thing. Why is this not a thing? Conway promised me this about two years ago. He said that we'd have them by the year 2025. He said it as a flippant comment on one stream as a joke, but I clipped it 
and it's getting closer and closer <laughs> every day. As we all know, if you say a thing on the internet, it must inherently be true. Yes. Um, and then, and then, in the year twenty twenty five, I'm going to be like, "Hey, Wargaming, you've broken your promise to me." <laughs> time to sue. And, and Wargaming is like, "Yeah, not the first time." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's fine because then they'll make a really bad premium for me. Wait, no, it's <laughs> premium submarine. <laughs> but but <laughs> not going down that route. <laughs> Uh. Well, uh, moving on. Yeah, so we, we've once upon a time started talking about submarine changes. I mean, basically, they've changed the, the submarines are now faster on the surface and a little bit slower underwater, and they all turn a little bit better. Which really didn't need, to be honest with you. They, don't really, they really don't need better turning radius underwater. Because have you ever been on a, in a destroyer or any ship on top of a submarine? Yes. Trying to get on top of it and like drop your depth charge or whatever. And it shouldn't outturn a submarine, a, a destroyer, while also yeah. having more HP than a destroyer. Because HP pools are meant to be based on tonnage, right? Something with that much. To- I, I don't, it just doesn't make much sense. I don't understand this game anymore. Like, oh, I mean, it's, it's I one, yeah, it's another one of those. Well, we were talking about this. It's just completely artificially inflated that, that it doesn't actually have the same relation that it should do for other ships. I don't know how well submarines turned in real life. Do you know how well submarines turned in real life? I, 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 like, no, genuinely, I, I would... No. no, but these are, I mean, these are very, very good numbers. You know, if you were in a destroyer, you would be extremely pleased to be able to turn this tightly. Yeah. yeah. You could, like, dodge and things and, like, do all this kind of stuff where, like, you could predict where the depth charge is going to be dropped on top of you. But, you know, you, you could just choose which direction you want to dodge in or to not dodge at all because the marker on the surface only tells you where you were when you pinged. It doesn't tell you what direction you were going. It doesn't tell you where you are going up and down. It doesn't tell you how fast you were going backwards and forwards. It doesn't tell you what any of the angles at all. But apparently, when a submarine pings, you can't have the, the marker directly on top of it because that wouldn't give the submarine player a chance. Never understood that one. Never understood that logic. I mean... So, uh, somewhat recently, I was in uh, in a Z-52, uh, and I uh, had hydro going, so I hydro the sub. It was on the surface, right? Sub kept coming directly at me at my nose, which is a pretty dodgy thing for, you know, because if the sub's good, you're dead. But yeah. I just went for it. So I shot it. Submarine did nothing. Didn't dive or anything. Kept coming. And then at about uh, four or three kilometers, it, it launched its torpedoes. Didn't ping anything. Didn't launch them very well. And then it decided to dive, and then I just sailed over it and depth charge it. And I think that's the sort of submarine that Wargaming is balancing for, because I I wouldn't have had a chance if that submarine knew what it was doing, right? Because if it just dives, I can't do anything, right? If it pings me and, like, staggers its torp launch, I can't do anything. Like, the uh, destroyer damage can last for, about five seconds, can immediately re-ping, and then the other torps will all hit me. There is, like, not... It doesn't bother pinging you. And you have no reaction yeah. time. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, but you know, the, the submarine basically it just stayed on the surface instead of like going to to uh, instead of diving and being safe, right? It just sailed directly into me, even though it was hydroing and kept just sailing directly underneath me, so I could depth charge it. It's like it it's it helped me a lot, right? 
But this is, I think, like the kind of submarine play that Wargaming is balancing. But that's the sad part, and that's why we don't see any nerfs to submarines, because even in a situation that you should have no chance of surviving in a set, you just utterly farm the submarine, because it doesn't even know what, how, how it ships. But hey, I guess they, they recover dive capacity slightly lower, uh, slower now. Yay! So my biggest... Right, so... I've had thoughts on how I would fix submarines. Like, you know, you know when you're just idly thinking about how much you mm-hmm. hate them? And you're thinking, alright, what, what do I hate about them? And I think the biggest problem for me is the fact that they're being balanced around the ability to do both playstyles. They're being bounced around the ability to simultaneously do all this ping, scrap, ping, ping spam crap with homing torpedoes and the shotgunny stuff. If you want to split the submarines into one of two playstyles, you can have both playstyles, but each submarine is only good at one of them. You can then bounce around it accordingly. You can say, alright, this is the ping spammy submarine. He's going to have zero health pool, but he's going to have good concealment. He's relying on never, ever being spotted. He's going to have a HP pool of, like, 12,000 or something at tier 10. And he's going to just, like, skirt around the outside, try to find a battleship. He's going to have good concealment. It doesn't matter. He can outspot destroyers. That's fine. While he's on the periscope. But the other type of destroyer, the shotgunning ones, they're going to have bigger concealment than destroyers. They're going to be hard spotted. And then they're going to have to make a conscious decision when they're going to go in, do their dive run to go pop up next to something. They should have to deal with the same kind of stuff that a Paolo Emilio, for example, has to deal with. Am I in radar range? Am I in hydro range? When can I do this timing? Am I going to be punished for this? And they shouldn't have this, like, they should be able to just, they shouldn't just be able to go under the map, under everybody's hydro, under everybody's radar, ignore all of the mechanics of this game's concealment mm-hmm. system completely, pick a ship anywhere on the map and shows, I'm dev striking that one. And then two minutes later, I'm going to do the same again to that one, that one, that one. But that's only the good players, you know, the ones that they don't balance around. Yeah. Like, if you split the two submarine types, you can then balance accordingly around it and have it so that each of the things has its own strengths and weaknesses and is each punishable. So you wouldn't have, like, if you're going to have the, the, the shotgunny type, he's not going to be able to spam torpedo pings at 15 kilometers and be really annoying going, like, which is, there's just half the problem with submarine. Not their um, impact. But the low impact ones are still really fucking annoying and stressful yeah, yeah. to play again. It's like it's like an annoying Smolensk player that, that that might not necessarily be you know playing that well, but they're still absolutely raining down shells on you from from their smoke. And you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Then it's incredibly frustrating. He's shooting AP and bouncing every single shell, but he's still yeah. It, uh, but there's also the problem that you just don't know how good the enemy submarine is, right? Because if it's a bad submarine, you can off- you, you might be able even to destroy to rush it and sink it because it doesn't do anything, right? But if it's a good submarine, you're just dead. So you always have to play around submarines thinking like, what if this, this enemy is actually good, right? And you have to yeah. be very careful around it. And then hopefully you figure out that there's no idea what they are doing. And it's so annoying when, when you know that there's a submarine on the map and then there's a submarine spotted. Or maybe it's not even spotted, right? I mean, that's obviously the problem of something for a good submarine, right? You are in a nice position. You, you Basically, nothing has ever been spotted around you. You yourself aren't spotted, 
suddenly a submarine pops up and bang, and you're like, oh, this was fun. We've had raiders going before that. We've had hydros going around here. We had a destroyer screening, but nobody could see the submarine. You just came in, surfaced, bam, you're dead, and you're like, ah. I had fun. Yeah, yeah. Good, good thing we've had all this hydro radar and screening going on for us. That sure worked out. Mm-hmm. It's a good job that we've like built our compact. Like, we're, you know, we're gonna bring we're gonna bring this into clan battles. You know, this is the theory. Like, we're gonna bring this lineup. We're gonna bring two Petra Pavlovsks. You know, so we're gonna have radar control over the caps. We're gonna bring uh, Smallin, so we have radar control over that. And then we're gonna put, you know, we're gonna have a Kremlin over here. He's gonna take positional control. And then a submarine just walks in and is like, all right, I'm here to disrupt your meta completely. All right, I'm going to sail in this cap. Something in the cap radar, please. Hi, I'm a submarine. Bye, I'm going to dive now. All right, can anyone depth charge it? No. Why? Because I'll have to push into their whole team. It's just, you know what I mean? They don't fit in yeah. at all. And you can't punish it because he's burned your radar and he's now unspotted and you can't do anything about it. The only thing that's got six, like, Anything that's only thing on your team that's got depth charge range more than six kilometers is probably a Kremlin. Uh, he's twelve kilometers away. He can drop his planes, sure, but like you have this whole awkward meta of I, I don't, I don't how how do you fit a submarine in this? How... Um, it's it's also weird just how the, what I've never understood is right that depth charge planes of cruisers are so much worse than of battleships, and then the vast variety of depth charges also from like destroyers that they drop. Because you depth charges are so vastly different in their effectiveness. It's, it's weird. I mean, you the thing what? with destroyers, though, is that even though they're much more potent, you know, good luck actually getting into a position where you can use them a lot of the time. So, I think... Like, the, 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 generally speaking, if, if I'm um, in a, a destroyer trying to do something about a submarine, the, the best I can do is spot it and hope somebody else drops the airdropped depth charges on it. So I think the reason that they're in the current state of battleships do the most damage is because if you remember right when we had the initial submarine test, destroyers had the strongest depth charges. Destroyers were the only things with depth charges. There wasn't any of this airstrike mode. And everyone was saying, oh, uh, this is putting far too much workload on the destroyers, like, if they're the only ones. And then Wargaming took that and ran with it. And they're like, all right, so we're not allowed to make... It's too hard for destroyer players to deal with submarines. So what we're going to do is we're going to make submarines hard counter destroyers instead, and then we're going to make it so the battleships are the ones. It, like we we went we did a complete one eighty on the strength of depth charges based on the classes for some reason because they've completely like took what we said as like that was more of please get rid of the submarines they're not going to fit in the game as oh this is the only problem with the submarines okay we'll do it this way like. It, it, <laughs> So we've ended up with this inverted depth charge system because we complained about the one yes. expected counter of the destroyers being able to counter the submarines. And it, 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 it's a whole mess. We're, no, we're just going to have these random mechanics where battleships can rain down depth charges from the sky. This will make submarines fit in the game, right? Definitely. But, but like, it's also, for example, like the... the... German depth charges of destroyers, they do like 2,000 damage, and then Ashima does like 4,000 something damage, I think, right? And they have about the same amount of charges they drop, and then there's like a gearing that has good damage, but only looks like six charges instead of 12, and then like the the variation of the damage on depth charges is huge. Or, I don't know why. 
It's just some nations are screwed. Even more so than you are. I think the Pan-Asians got it the worst. When everybody else got updated, I think the Pan-Asians weren't touched for some reason. And also, the Pan-Europeans are just like, they're a weird system. Like, okay, so what we're going to do, right, is we're going to have it so you don't know where your depth charges are going to go until you press the depth charge button. And then you're going to have to pray that you've guessed right. Because some of these ships have a limbo system, and it's going to shoot two kilometers in front of you. You know that limbo system that was actually targetable, so you could like aim it in real life. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Fixed thing that goes two kilometers in front of you. You don't. You're not allowed to target this. No, 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 no. Uh, we're not going to tell you where your depth charges are going to launch. You're just going to have to get lucky. So what we're going to do for this random ship, right? Your first depth charge is going to go straight off the back. Your second one's going to shoot three kilometers that way to the left hand side. <laughs> one of them's going to go off your starboard bow, and then you're going to spam six off the back again. And then two more in front of you. And then just to make things fancy, we're going to shoot 120 kilometers up in the air and it's going to land in 10 minutes. <laughs> I know. Like, at first I thought like, hey, I can shoot depth charges at front. This must be an advantage. But it's it's such a disadvantage trying to hunt it. Also, like, every little bit that you turn your ship, the depth charge just flies way off. Because, you know, a small turn off your ship and your complete aim is off. Not that you know where you're aiming in the first place, right? But with another ship, at least, if you can get in a position on top of the, the destroyer, uh, on top of the, the sub, you can at least hit it. But with, like, a Haaland or so, it's so annoying because you cannot hit what you want with your depth charges. And the worst... Thing is, you can't even use your guns because they're blocking your guns. If the subs at the surface, you can't shoot it with your gun because you've got to give an angle that your gun shoots. Yeah, I think depth charges need a rework. <laughs> yeah. Or, <some laughs> well, we'll just take our subs for one. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I'll agree with that one, honestly. I, I, I tell you what, shall we, ha- shall we make a quick poll right now just between the three of us? Who wants submarines to stay in the game? Alright, who wants rid of them? I I would like them to stay in the game provided they were in operations. Like just operations or oh, yeah. convoys or something like that. I mean, like yeah, that. that's that's fine. That's the general I think that's the general consensus of literally every single person I have ever talked to about submarines, apart from like random people from the official channel Twitch chat who suddenly say, We like submarines and you know for a fact that's gonna be the guy who like I, you know, he plays one game every three weeks. And you know, buys a new premium. He's like, like nothing against that guy. They're the guys that keep the game running. But that I mean, doesn't. The, mean... the, the thing with subs as well is like it's just the nature of sub warfare that it's so much more suited to single player experiences. And there are some really yeah. good single yeah. player sub games out there, like but... Barrow Trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, I mean, uh, I know there hasn't been a Silent Hunter game out for a while, but um, was it Silent Hunter Four or something? Was the last one to? Or is it 5 came out and it was terrible and everyone still plays 4? It was something like that. But, you know, these, these older games still have a really big modding community. You still find people doing Let's Plays of them on YouTube. Um, you also have newer games like U-Boat, which is much more kind of crew-focused. But, again, there's various realism mods and things for, for that that make it into a, uh, a much more sort of authentic experience. But, yeah, the, 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 the kind of gameplay that... that translates from how subs were used in real life you know it, it's really hard to do multiplayer I mean, even even something like cold waters where it's it's modern submarines it, it would be hard to imagine that in some kind of multiplayer setting i think they just 
they've they've gone so far down this abstract path of how the submarines are going to work with this random ping system that they've pulled out of their ass for no reason with homing torpedoes. Like this, if you just stuck with the the the, the operation style one that you had three years ago, mm-hmm. it might have been workable. You know, yeah. Just let, just pick. De- you know, you can either have periscope depth or surfaced or just a little bit underwater. Those three. None of this stupid three D underwater turning things. No, none of this. Oh, my torpedoes are going to rise, and we're not actually sure whether. None of this homing bullcrap. Just be like, you have torpedoes in the bow. You have torpedoes in the stern. Occasionally, you get a little gun on the top as well, and you can go up above the water and shoot. Or you can go in the periscope and shoot. Or you can go underwater and not shoot. Or you can be shot at. It's like, just, just go back to that system. None of this stupid air depth charges, ASW planes, none of, none of these things. Just go back to the simple things. No, like, this is needlessly overcomplicated. I, it's funny in the past as well, because they've, they've talked, I think it was uh, possibly Suboctavian himself, um, talked about like, oh, you know, certain things they have done or haven't done because, you know, we don't, we don't want to make things too complicated for the player. We want to keep things relatively consistent so that's not like odd exceptions and weird things that people have to remember, except then they keep doing stuff that actually is like, well, here's, here's a weird thing you're going to have to remember. Here's a thing that doesn't really work like anything else. You know, his, his yeah. depth charges that are different depending on whether they're airdropped or not. And, you know, they, they have different efficacies across different nations and uh, yeah all the all these things that just kind of like we've don't, standardized don't, don't really fit together well we've standardized all the radar ranges of the american cruisers except this one <laughs> because we need to have an exception we've made yeah. it so all of the radar ranges are going to be 10 kilometers apart from this one this one and this one but we're going to have a light cruiser radar range of nine and a, te- and a heavy cruiser radar range of 10 except for Wichita is going to use the heavy radar range, and this one's going to use the light cruiser radar range, and then, yeah, it's, yes. And then we have a Missouri with just a different range, and then we have destroyers with radar. And then we have, like, Ochikov with, like, American radar or something? I don't even know anymore. It's a complete mess. And soon we're going to have a Soviet premium submarine with 10-kilometer hydro, uh, hydrofoam. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. So seeing that they basically Soviets get the good underwater radar, not just the overwater radar, right? <laughs> you remember the old joke about Kremlin's deep water radar? It's finally coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I I don't know. I don't think they do either. <laughs> no, they they Can't feel that way. Care. It's just depressing. It's like, well, you, you, it's watch, you're watching like this game that you like. You know, you spend so much of your time in, and you're like, "What? I no, don't do that. It's not gonna. That's a bad. No, please, no, no. That's that's generally yeah. my experience with submarines. That's how it's gone. Just slowly deflating as like time goes on. Every time I see a submarine dev blog, like my mood just goes. Like I'm, I'll be like. Right, dev blogs. Time to go over some dev blogs. Change the test shifts. This one's getting balanced. This one's getting balanced. Upcoming maps. Oh, this one looks quite interesting. There's new achievements. Cool, cool, cool. Changes to submarine. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. Just like, 
feel the air drain out of you. In, in the early days, you had the hopes maybe they're doing something good. And now you are like, oh, how did they screw it up this time? Oh, they're buffing them again. Okay, cool. Yeah, submarines uh, really needed a better turning radius. Uh, <laughs> I was always a bit skeptical, but had the, the kind of mindset of, you know, well, maybe they'll surprise me. Maybe they'll take lessons from various things that have <laughs> happened in the past. And, and when, when they say if it doesn't fit, they'll actually, you know, that they'll take it out and that they actually mean it. And, um, but maybe we'll get something that is actually a good addition to the game somehow, even though I couldn't quite envisage how at the time, but nope. I remember kicking off originally about Dutch cruisers. I thought they were going to be like, you know, horrendously broken and overpowered and just like, you know, we don't need more planes in the game. Re CVs, re. Yeah, they're not that bad. Dutch cruisers aren't that bad. Submarines, on the other hand, nah, they're terrible. I hate them. Despise them. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it is possible to bring a new mechanic into the game, and the mechanic will be okay. The mechanic to even be fun. I kind of find it fun, like launching depth charges at a lion and getting forty k. Not depth charges, sorry. Uh, air, like Dutch airstrikes and getting like forty k on a lion because you actually have to have some sort of skill to use it, right? You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Got to be able to, like it takes a new level of like ability because you have to be like doing a lead in three D or or two D, but instead of like one D. Like, you have to predict the turn, position the things, use the lead. You know, it's a whole new skill set. Whereas with submarine top spamming, it's like, you don't even need a skill set. You just need to click repeatedly, pings, ping, ping. Eventually, you're going to hit a ship. Then you switch to press the two button to get your homing torpedoes. And you just launch them out, right? It's not like you have to use a lead indicator with a destroyer. It's not like you have to predict where this ship's going to turn, whether it's going to stop. It's not like you have to, like... Go to, like you, you don't have to like work your way past destroyers to get a torpedo mm-hmm. line on the battleships. It's not like you have to be in a battleship where you have to like predict where the enemy destroyers are going to be, and you're like, all right, I'm going to angle this way. I, I know that I overmatched this cruiser here, so I'm going to try and get over this right. I'm trying to catch him as he's going to turn this broadside turn because he can't sit and face that. I'm going to angle lock him, so I've got a crossfire forming. None of this. No, 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 no. Ping. Oh, I pinged you. Torpedoes now. It's. It's not a skilled interaction, and that's my biggest gripe about mm. performing torpedoes. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly, it's exactly the same criticism people have made with the, the how AA has, has wound up now. It's actually less interactive than it was before, and it feels so much less meaningful than it did yeah. before. With the old panic effect, for stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, I mean... Sad now. Yeah. <laughs> We can move to something more more hilarious and funny, <laughs> I suppose, in the news. There is a How to Play Battleships article. There is. Um, so in this video that they had, the video um, features footage from players from a lot of top CIS clans, like Lair and others. And I'm, I, like, I'm, like, It was actually quite a good video. Article, yeah. not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting because the article is supposedly based on the video, but they are telling you sort of different things. So, I mean, the video is obviously a very short thing and it's not very detailed, but it generally raises a few interesting points. What I mostly disliked about the video is that they are not using the full battle interface and the minimap is very yeah. small and so on. Like, if you're making a guide video, make the use the proper UI, right? But generally, the video was, was decent. But the article is, oh shit, this is bad. 
the, the article basically starts with keep your distance, where they're explaining to you that you should uh, have the border be as far away as possible and t uh, don't use cover. Because as a battleship, if you use an island as cover, you're just going to get yoloed by a destroyer. Because we all know destroyers, they have teleportation devices and they can teleport to each island, right? Exactly what That's it is. The French, the French yeah, ones do. And they'll, they'll, they'll just get you, right? Well, the thing is, is in isolation, each of these points can be true. Like, you know, yeah. there, there are times that you should not be next to the island for the potential of being rushed by a French destroyer. There are times when you should be keeping your distance so you don't get farmed down by a load of HE spam. The problem is, those are specific scenarios, and this is general advice. If you want, like, if, the general device that they're, advice that they're giving here is just be super passive. Never, ever make any plays, ever. <laughs> mm. and, and the sad part is, like, in the video, they go, like, okay, depending on your battleship, some are better at distance. Long, to, They even say long to medium distance, and some are better at, like, closer distance, and they say that in a battleship, sometimes you need to push. And, like, they make good points, right? They, they say, you know... Uh, I think they also said in the video that keeping your distance doesn't mean to be as far in the map, and they make the point that you are more accurate and more useful if you're closer, right? That's the points that they make in the video. And then they make the article in the video, and they're like, oh, no, no, just just, just go away. Just keep your distance, right? That, that, that's, that's how you do it. I wonder who localized this, like, genuinely, who wrote this article. Because I get the feeling that it was not... Whoever made the video that wrote the article to go with it, <laughs> probably yeah, it, not. It it feels like that somebody like they created the video and then they went to somebody who I'm not sure if they played the game and they're like, yes, just summarize this for us, please. Like, yeah, okay. It's like it it feels like like the the school project where they only read like the the first page of a chapter and then they try to bullshit themselves through it by, <laughs> by just bringing up the few points that they read. It's like this, this next point. Work in a group. Keep in mind that a battleship is a white whale for the opposing team. Try to stay safely covered by allied air guns, even though it's not always possible. We're going to ignore the fact that there might not be a CV in the game. We're going to ignore the fact that the CV might not, be in the, might not be on your flank. We're going to ignore the fact that the CV might be two tiers lower than you. We're going to ignore all those facts. You should always blob up with your teammates. Never form a crossfire. Never ever decide, I'm going to make an opportunity here. I'm going to go away from the rest of my team to get a crossfire. No, no. We're going to sit in a big blob, you know, sharing our AA and shooting HE at the enemy team. And we're just going to trade bow on for 20 minutes. While being fa very far away, as we've learned earlier, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, you, know, you, you have to convince... This, this is actually where the scale of playing battleships comes in, right? What you've got to do is you've got to teach your team how to be at the map border with you. you got to tell them, ah, yeah. hey guys, did you not read the news article? You're getting too close. Come with me onto the map border and stay as far away. We paid for the 20 kilometer range. We're going to use the 20 kilometer range. But I only have 70 kilometer range. That's not my problem. <laughs> Use a range plane. Or mo yeah. mount the range module. Oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> Wait, are there any tier 10 battleships? That yeah, actually, income. I was, I was thinking, like, yeah. what's the shortest range tier 10? is just income, isn't it, yeah? Meanwhile, there's a gross curve with range mod and a spotter plane. Just be like, 
Wow, my guns are so inaccurate. Why can't I hit anything? Because you're in the range. You're you're in the you're on the map border at a range mod GK shooting HE. The only thing missing is survivability extra, because, <laughs> and the only reason you don't have that is because they removed it from you. Ooh. Uh, I miss I'm, I miss being able to tell who I couldn't rely on by whether they had survivability expert on the battleship or not. <laughs> <laughs> There was something really special about looking to your right and seeing the 1,100, uh, hang on, what was it? 112,300 health Kremlin because he had both Survivability Expert and Ovechkin. That, that's when uh. you knew you'd found the true genius. <laughs> uh. Then then there is also like the, the last part of the article is like take your time that basically save your salvos don't fire from all your guns at the first opportunity. I mean the 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 problem is there's a grain of groove uh, a, a grain of truth in that like you you wanna pick your your sh- like you wanna pick your targets carefully if you're in a battleship not necessarily shoot at the first thing that pops up you wanna shoot at the ship that like is vulnerable it shows broadside or something like that but you don't wanna fire ranging shots generally speaking because most ships don't just go in a straight line same speed same course and won't react when you shoot them right especially once your shells start hitting they probably gonna react so you first of all you don't want to waste a broadside by only shooting one shell, right? And in second, the information you get is probably useless. There are situations where you might not want to fire all of your guns. Uh maybe you if you're very close, maybe your your rear guns don't have the right angle or something like that. Or maybe you think like a one salvo is going to kill it, or you know, there might be some fringe cases where you don't want to fire all of your guns. But ranging shots is generally not a thing. It is when you're fighting against some really fast destroyers, I've found. If you're fighting against things like Kleber or Marceau or yeah, but- something like Ragnar, who's going to decide, like, you, you can stagger your shell. Like, staggering salvos is definitely a thing versus the kind of higher-end player who knows what they're doing. If you yeah, but they aren't, at- they aren't going to stay in the same speed, right? So when, once they see a shell drop, they're going to react anyway. No, but, like, what I mean is you fire one gun and then knowing that they're going to dodge that, you fire the second gun where you expect them to dodge too. This is especially effective against ships like Ragnar, who like to just like wiggle back and like sit there and WWSSS. You fire one shot just to the front of them, and they're going to reverse to dodge that okay. salvo and catch the second one. That's, that's, a, that's a valid thing that you use a lot. Uh, but only at the right distances, sort of, because otherwise they'll have too much time and react just to the second salvo as well. Hmm. I mean, to be honest... On your ship. I think they should have just not bothered with the article and literally just had the video. <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, you're not wrong. Like, <laughs> they, they either need to do a point-by-point point breakdown and explain why they're saying these things, in which case, why bother watching the video, or yeah. just not have the text at all. But look, I'm not going to complain about the, co- the... The video itself is high quality. I yeah, yeah, the fact that they've, they've, they've tried, that they, they are trying to put out this kind of information uh, is, is good. It's just that they've kind of botched the actual article. Yeah. Oh, no, it's a good, good video. Don't read the article. You'll yeah. make it worse. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't the, have enough context. I can't wait for the Destroyer article where it tells you not to run <laughs> survivability expert and you should always, like... You don't need concealment expert. I know. <laughs> survivability experts are crutch. You can get more torpedo DPM. It's like, no, please, no, don't tell me. 
Uh, well, I guess there's more uh, hilariousness to come, probably, considering probably. this. Then they also have introduced Discord tropes. So apparently, if you are on the official Discord server, you can get free stuff. Yeah, yeah it's 550 community tokens or something like that. Yeah, it's basically a, com yeah. a, a combat mission, a very easy combat mission that I had pop up when I logged in today. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I went and looked at the portal and discovered why the mission had popped I mean, yeah. I've been looking at some of the stuff that the NA gets, right? Because I've, I've, like, I've, I've made my Discord bot tell me, like, the news articles from every region. And some of the NA stuff that they keep getting is like, why don't we get all this kind of stuff? Like, I don't know, more ships portal news. Like, NA currently have, uh, where is it? Where is it? They have, like, all sorts of contests going on in their forums. Like, why don't we, mm -hmm. like, EU doesn't get any of this stuff. So, quick rundown of things happening on NA. Um, monthly forum event, roll out, Stars and Stripes bounty events, you know, those little bounty events where, like, uh -huh. you people people mm -hmm. run around in premium ships, like, shoot me for 200 doubloons, or whatever, like, we don't get any of that. Transformer social media contest, Liberty and Lightning the World forum event, Independence Day, well, something we'd get. There's, there's a bunch of stuff like that that's that's always been, like, the, the NA community side have always been more, like, since, since the big reshuffle of, of uh, um, splitting uh, uh tanks and warships community sides of things but uh yeah na's always had way more of that kind of stuff than other servers i think on the plus side we had that one event where you could win a 30 80 tie if you played co-op a million times yeah, that was a thing hmm. <laughs> no idea why what <laughs> no idea why they thought that was a good event it's like all right we're gonna have this event right and what you do is you win battles, and the more battles you win, the, you win, like I'm. There's just one guy with three thousand tokens. Nobody else is even close. I I, I don't understand how the, like what value this brings to you. Why? I I, I don't understand these. Things. But then again, I'm not in charge of these things, so I don't have to be. Yeah, it, it's it's it has always been a bit sad that the Europe never got like those, those interesting events. The, the one thing I do remember that they actively got CCs of the time to participate in was, um, well, it was a good couple of years ago at this point, but um, uh, the um, the one where they had, it, it technically went a bit wrong, but asymmetric battles and you had the CCs in, uh, it's like a special aircraft carrier or something like that with insane secondaries. And what was this oh. some Halloween stuff, I think, right? Yeah, I think I can't remember if it was Halloween or if it was just um I can't remember the context of it at all, so it's so many years ago, but uh yeah, um the the matchmaking kept going wrong. But basically one team had you in the, the completely OP carrier. Like the planes were rubbish, but you had incredible secondaries. And um uh the other team had I think either the regular number of players or even even more players than usual. And basically, you had to take a note of of the winners of like if if your team successfully defended, then I think the, the allied players got some prize, and if the enemy team managed to get you, they that player got some prize, or those players got some prize. So that was kind of fun, and that was something actually participatory, and um, you know, something that everyone had a random chance of bumping into if they were playing at that time. Imagine having community events. <laughs> no, too much.
honestly, I think ever since COVID hit, um, like not only have the offline community events dropped off, there wasn't really much on the way of online community events to replace it, and it kind of just like pitted away a bit. We've had the one meetup on the Belfast, but that's been about it, really, isn't it? For which they they wouldn't even yeah. pay expenses to to go and travel to. Oh no! Like they didn't pay our expenses, but I found out um, that the people that Imperial uh, Imperial War Museums invited they got paid. <laughs> oh okay, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, they they had their expenses paid. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, we're going to really try to cheap out on that one. I mean, why would you spend money, right? Yeah, also, didn't they have, like, this Belfast event where they set up, like, uh, uh, computers where people could play, so they used it for their own, like, they're using the Belfast market. Again. Yeah, that, that, that was that, that event, yeah. yeah. The, I mean, uh, the gaming room that they sponsored. Yeah, that, 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 that's still there. I've been down there twice now, once for the first event and then for the, like, actual community event. And, like, I remember going down there and they were complaining that apparently, like, so they have... Xboxes and PlayStation set up for the Legends um, things, and apparently, uh, loads of kids had been going on the Xbox One and installing other games and just playing Fortnite and Minecraft on them. <laughs> I, guess, I guess you can't. I guess it must be harder to set up um, lockouts on on consoles for people never doing that un- than it is on a PC. Never underestimate the kid, like just a kid's ability to get around stupid little things like this. Yeah. Like, they spend their entire lives trying to get around parental filters. <laughs> when you've got however many kids going through there a day, you know, one of them's going to know how to get around the system. And once one of them gets around, it's like, all right, we're going to play Fortnite now. It's like, what, what are you going to do if you work at the, at the museum? He's just like, I don't know. To be honest with you. <laughs> saying, no, it's not my job to stop the kids playing Fortnite. It's not my kid. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, in, in other news, there is the uh, Independence Day event. Now, I mean, event is, you know, there, there is, uh, by the way, in the article, there is like a joint button somewhere, and then you get the mission chain, and then you can get, I think, the Statue of Liberty campaign. Although I've seen some, uh, uh, like, a voiceover previews on YouTube, it, it wasn't really that great. That's a good voiceover. At least it's got a voiceover, a unique it's voice, it's probably the best voiceover we've had in the game for a while. It's better than all these like anime captains. It's actually not a bad voiceover. Uh, that um, I don't know that what what I uh, saw on the internet. It sounded sort of robotic. No, nothing will like... ever compare to Steven Seagal. I mean, come on. I think, <laughs> me- I, think I think it's meant to sound robotic, like uh, intentionally. Okay. Because so... it's not you. <laughs> and and it, it, the, the French accent is missing clearly. Well, yes, <laughs> we do. We, obviously, we do know that the Statue of Liberty is indeed French. It was a gift from France, but we don't. Uh, the Americans don't. The Americans won't admit this. Like that, there's nothing more American than the Statue of Liberty, apart from the other like twenty odd Statues of Liberty all over France. <laughs> we don't talk about those ones. Uh. It's like. Do you, when you talk about a Statue of Liberty, you don't talk about any of the French ones, despite the fact that there's the majority of them. No, no, it's always that one standing somewhere off the harbour of Manhattan. True. Oh, I'm, being, I'm being attacked by a headset cable. Hang on a second. Yeah. Dangerous, these things. Definitely. 
Oh, so yeah, sure, the, the, there is basically I mean, mission thing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, there's that, and probably probably the biggest highlight for most people is going to be the fact that black is now available for coal. If you've no, been waiting sorry. patiently for that, um, but there's also a whole bunch of bundles, and of course the San Diego. Indeed. Yes. Which, and you uh, can pay money for. Yes. And then and you I, can I, pay more money for the camera for it. I have absolutely no idea if the San Diego is worth it, but last last I heard, it really wasn't. Uh, no, it's actually pretty good. Um, okay. I don't know who you heard that from, because they were completely mistaken. I, I think San this Diego? was earlier versions of the San Diego, maybe, when they were still monkeying around with SAP damage and burst fire and all that kind of thing. I think this was because um, somebody put a forum article out and you know hadn't played the ship, but everybody who was testing at the time was all bite, like biting their tongues, because we all disagreed very much with... The ship was overpowered, completely overpowered at the time. And this okay. forum article came out about how it was like going to be terrible. And we're just like, we, we can't see anything. We're not allowed to see anything. <laughs> we're all sat there just like, you're wrong, but we're not allowed to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> the worst thing. <laughs> but it's like, since then it got nerfed and then it got nerfed again and then it got nerfed again and then it got nerfed again. And it's still strong. It's still like a really okay. powerful ship. Like it's you know it's yeah you only have sap and AP, but you know sap has improved bounce angles and you're going to be penning things. Even if you just sat farming superstructure for a battleship, you're still going to get damage out of it. You got heals and your armor's actually workable. Like you know, also you can just do the old Atlanta trick of I'm going to sail flat broadside to you and you're going to overpen me. Goodbye. <laughs> like it's a, it's a really strong ship. Plus the reload booster is uh, quite potent as well. It's it's honestly like a good ship. It's all right, well, it's good to hear from someone who's actually played it, because neither of us have, of course. Yeah, like, that's obviously the thing, is, like, I've played it a lot, and like, I've seen people getting, like, really good games in it, and I'm just sat there, just like, oh, everything's bowing to me, I'm only getting 100,000 hours, like, wait, that's a good game, what are you talking about? Yeah, but I want something to turn broadside to me, so I can do all of the, f- I can press the buttons, and then I can watch, like, 10k go by every salvo when it's broadside, no. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just like, you know, it's it's gonna suffer in the same way other ships are. There's clear strengths and weaknesses. If something gives you side, even just a little bit of side, because you have the improved sap angles, you know, uh, you're mm-hmm. gonna do a lot of damage to it. The thing is that you're lacking is you're not gonna do damage to super heavily armored targets that you can't pen. So you know the Russian battleships you might have a problem with, but because you, know, you don't have access to like spamming fires. So it's it's you know if if you like spamming fires, you're not gonna like the ship because you can't spam fires. Mm-hmm. But if you, you know, if, if you're a good cruiser player, it's a very solid ship. All right, well, that sounds um, vaguely positive, then. Yeah, very, yeah. very vaguely positive. And it's it's what, 11-something uh, K doubloons, I think. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, is that... 11,300. Yeah, I can't, I can't think offhand how that compares to other tier 8 cruisers, but it's not... I'll have the armory right now. I'll tell you the there is a package that's almost as much. Uh, in fact, it's actually more the Statue of Liberty package. Tawny's where... 11 3, Tiger's 11 3, Rochester's 11 3, which. Okay, 11, all right, well, that's, that's pretty average then. Yeah. But um, yeah, where if you want, if you want the uh, Statue of Liberty themed camo, uh, and you can also get a 10 point captain, commemorative flag, and 7 million credits along with a bunch of signals. 
for yeah, nearly that... twelve thousand doubloons. Um, okay, maybe not. Yeah, that one I wouldn't. Re- I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, <laughs> not a bad looking camo, but for that much, no. Yeah. Then, then, then you scroll down a little bit in this article, right? If you're if you're in the armory of the, and you see this page and you see this bundle chain, it's like all right, San Diego, whatever. Then Statue of Liberty, meh. Kiasaj at the end there, sure it's technically cheaper than the current thing, but I'm not going to spend doubloons on Kiasaj. Well, because you'd have to buy Statue of Liberty first. But then you get to Kansas, Admiral Park, and you begin to question things. <laughs> Definitely. So you have for available for currently discounted by 20%, by the way, 24,950 doubloons. You can buy the Tier 8 Tech Tree Battleship Kansas along with Event Commander Dasha Perova, and a port slot, and a permacamel, and also a permacamel for Vermont. 7 million credits and 85,000 free XP in the commission. But, why? That is, that is so horrendously not worth it. Yeah. Why, why, yeah. why would you do this? At least, I mean, it's still a bundle. And I, I have nothing but criticism when they do this. Uh, but this is relatively mild criticism by comparison. You can get the tier 9 and the tier 10 camos. Just those. Nothing else. But you have to get them together. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you want the one for the Kansas, you have to pay over the odds for something that will involve the Kansas itself. And uh, a bloated package that is absolutely not not worth the the doubloons. So it sort of goes back to what we were saying earlier. There's so many instances of of you might see a camo in game and think, oh, I'd really like to just go and buy that camo, and then you discover that either you have to pay through the nose for for a current event bundle camo, or else you just you you cannot buy it at all. I mean, I am looking forward to this eventual split of camo and um, perma camo parts, like you know, like visual style, because then I can only like then I yes. might actually go spend some these two hundred doubloon perma camos with no bonuses. Cool. Actually, like it. I might actually like buy every perma camel that ever comes out for events that, if it's just the visual style alone. I mean, while I was a CC, a lot of the the, the doubloons that they just uh, gave us on monthly basis, um, like I know other people have got this massive pile of doubloons left over from from you know for for, for being ex CCs, but not me because I I basically blew them all on perma camos. Just because I liked the look of the perma camo. Yeah, 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 yeah. I keep, I, I, yeah. I keep. I think I've spent. I think I spent. I saved my first year worth of CC doubloons for Christmas, so I get every ship. And then after that, it was just I'm just gonna buy like perma camos. I think the last big splurge I did was buying the um, the perma camos for all the Kobayashi things mm-hmm. because you know that after the. Because, uh, so the, the one thing I don't really like about this exterior separation thing is what they're doing with the improved perma camos, how they're just not going to be a thing anymore. Um, so that's Kobayashi camos. Like, sure, the visual style is going to be a thing, but you're not going to have access to... If you don't already own it, you're not going to be able to get the... Yeah, the it's the same with the um, the national yeah, camos, more, as they're called as well, on... More Spike Shinonomi. And graphs up, uh, graph space. Yeah, the graph spay. And I think I've got one on the graph spay. And I was pondering getting the one on war spike, but then I decided, no, I've got. I, I don't want to spend five k doubloons for that on, 
on a tier six just so I can I can have that extra bit of bonus when I already have that extra bit of bonus on other higher tier ships. Yeah, like honestly, if you're gonna buy one, just get the one and be done with it. Yeah, if you don't have any of them, um, you know, have, having improved only on a war spike because just war spike is a really nice ship to play. It's a ship you can use in in operations. Um, yeah. It's not like you have to go out and buy all of them. Shinonomi, for example, I wouldn't even like. I wouldn't recommend anyone buy it because Shinonomi is a terrible bloody ship. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> it doesn't matter how good the bonuses are if you can't actually get a good game of the damn thing so but yeah the Ro- the Roma one is probably the best one to go for because it's like high tier and has like a solid modifier but if you're not if you'd like although it does involve struggling with the Roma's guns which is not going to be everyone's cup of tea yeah but I mean what's your other choices there you got key and ash attack I would junk fair much better secondary key is fun though I'll take your word for that one. I've never tried it myself, and I don't plan to either. Is it 100 mils? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but it's the... I, I think it's the improved 100 mils that the uh, destroyers have. The, the magical 100 millimeter Japanese guns. Yes, because for some reason, 100 millimeter guns have more penetration capability than the guns with much larger calibers. So I think, what, 155 Megami still... Uh, like, 100 millimeter pens 30 for some reason, but 155 struggle to do 26. <laughs> Secret Japanese technology. Well, it's, it, it's the Unicom dust in there, you know. No, it's, yeah. it's, they fold the shell a thousand times, so it has I, more. Yeah. Obviously, yes. But you can't, do, you can't do that with the bigger shells. You can only do it with a 100mm. Yes, exactly. Really. Yeah, that's, that's the thing I don't like about this Permacamo rework, is the fact that those are no longer going to be available. Um, I, it, it's... I don't see why you can't just have like that, like the original boosters for those things. Just be like, you can buy this booster. Why, 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 why does it have to be different? And for some reason, like they've decided that they have to do the full economy rework when they could have just done the. I mean, they've been doing a stealth economy rework for a while now. They keep introducing a bit of a change here and a bit of a change there. That's all kind of towards the same goal. Of of like uh, pulling credits out, pulling flags out, that kind of thing. I think that just one cool also make it make easier maybe for new players or so because like if if you are starting the game new and you have like four slots where you can slot a credit boost, an XP boost, a free XP boost, and so on, it's a lot easier than if you have like a bunch of different flags and signals that you know. Sure, but. Like, people aren't going to have access to the flags and that to have to worry about it unless they spend a load of money. Although, I suppose you do get the gift containers every now and then, which actually, like, so, like, special signal rate has probably increased with the removal of flags from achievements and that switch to that system. It's just a combat system. The combat signals you're kind of struggling with. I think, um, for the large majority of the game's player base, the removal of achievement signals probably a benefit but for people who play a lot like us i assume um like i mean there's certain ones that i'm now starting to run rather low on where previously i could um kind of reliably get a certain number from uh just playing the game dreadnought is probably the one that you're on about the most yeah um and um fireproof ones weren't that difficult to get 
Yeah, uh, but like the thing is though, at the same time, is I'm pretty sure I have way more arsonist and witherer flags than I ever did before that rework. Same with death flags, honestly. I mean, what 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 annoys me mostly about is that it was just a nice gesture, right? It's not just about a flag economy. It's you you do something, you get an achievement for it, and you get rewarded for some flags, right? And especially detonation, it's like the consolation prize. Okay, you detonated, you got unlucky. Hey, you have some flags, like to soften the blow. But it just was a great system, that way, right? Because you could get a little bit of extra for a cool achievement that you earned, and that's been removed. And it's not just, you know, about economy, I feel like. It's it's a lot about, I don't know, perception, feelings. Yeah, I mean, like, economy-wise, for the large majority of the game's playbase, I think they're doing better with the change to the current system of do these combat missions, get the bonuses and the flags. But perception-wise, the majority of the community is still pissed off about, you know, you've removed something that, you've removed these achievements. It doesn't matter that I never got these achievements. I got them once every 20, 50 games. I got this achievement once every 50 games. I got, you know, I got the camel, I got these 10 flags for it. It doesn't matter that I'm getting more than that now from base XP chains. The fact is, I feel, it, it, it's not, it's how it feels, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think there was, I think they were looking into bringing back some sort of rewards for achievements, but it's too little too late now. It's been gone for so long that I don't even think it's worth doing it anymore. I mean, also, I'm, the cynic in me wonders how much is is um, trying to get people to go into the armory more often. Mm. To like, to like, I've had to go and buy art flags from the armory way more often than than, than previously, which was hardly ever. Um, but I mean, I like globally, that's not nearly as big a a, a hook into the armory as as uh, for every patch they do these kind of like get a little freebie thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Logging like, in. yeah, to get your 75,000 credits or your one of this flavor of the month yeah. camouflage. What is it? One t- What's it this month? Like, it, one, Usually one, there's at least one, one of them that gives you like 50 doubloons or 100 doubloons or something, but... Uh, there is. You know. Yeah. It's, it's all designed to get you to go in and, and go, oh yeah, there's all this other stuff I could buy. One stars and stripes camouflage. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Two Don't spend it all in one place. I know, right? I mean, I go in the um, I go in the armory a lot anyway, just because like modules, like equipment, like uh, you know, it's just I don't really look at the 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 featured part of it though. It's it like there's like two tiers of the armory. One of the one part of the armory is this whole like you know. These are the sales, you know, buy buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me, buy me. If you just, like, I've learned to tune that part out. I'm just here to get my free stuff, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Like, how it's... many tokens have I got? I'm just, I'm just blind to all of the, like, the flashy lights and buy me stuff. You know, what I've also noticed is that uh, when they introduce new bundles or so on, you usually don't see the price of the bundle unless you clicked on the bundle. So if you aren't sure if there is anything for free, you might have to click. Like when when they came out, for example, with like the that uh, how was it called? Probably still running the the whatever depot thing. The ruckus in the depot, and there are all of those many bundles, and it was like there are so many bundles. Maybe there is something that you can get for free. So and you have to click on every bundle, and then you're like, ah oh, no, I have to pay for that. Ah oh, no, I have to pay for that. Ah oh, no, I have to pay for that. Ah oh, no, I have to pay for that. Ah oh, no, oh, okay, this was a disappointment. 
I was really not a fan of this Rockers and the Devil event, by the way. It's still there, by the way. The event's still it's, it's 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 a stupid cash grab. It's, it it's so so stupid because it's like the I mean it's gambling, but you are gambling for more gambling because even like the grand prize is just a box with a random ship in it. Mm-hmm. So you spend hundreds of dollars, pounds, euros, whatever your currency is, in order to open random boxes to get a random box that has something random inside. It's just bullshit. Yeah, it's... It's a... What's the word? Gasha? Is, it, is that the word that they use for, like, those, um, you know, mobile Yeah, games? I think... It's, it's a gasha yeah. gated behind a gasha um, gated behind a virtual currency. You got to spend a virtual currency to get another virtual currency to have a chance of getting something useful. Yeah, I, I, I've never. I, I was. Uh, I'm always very loud about how much I don't like microtransactions and, um, like loot boxes and all this kind of stuff. I have accepted skins and cosmetics as an in-app purchase. I've accepted that now. For years, I thought that was dumb as hell as well. But you know, I'm, I'm like, it's a lot less toxic than having to watch adverts, or you know, it's free to play monetization. There are parts of free to play monetization that I despise, i.e., your loot boxes and your micro, your, your, your virtual currencies, and you know, we're gonna gate this behind this, and then we're gonna have these random bundles. They're not actually, yeah, uh, they're not loot boxes. They're random bundles. You, you know exactly what you're gonna get, except. You know, you, you, like, this one's crap. You don't actually want this one. That doesn't matter. You have to buy this one to get the next one. So what you're saying is, I don't... But but what if I want... What if I maybe want what's in the next one? You're not gambling, though. You, you're buying this one. We'll tell you what's in the next one if you buy this one, though. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I don't want this one. Yeah, but it's it's a sequence. You have to buy them. Another, but I don't want this one. But it's not, it's, it's not loot boxes. <laughs> you know, what I mean? this is the, the whole. It's the whole thing. I yeah. don't like it. it <laughs> the 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 fact that people argue that it's not a loot box is, I, they're either being intentionally disingenuous, or they're thick. <laughs> I don't, I, <laughs> there's, there's there's no two ways about it. You're either you're either lying to me or you're stupid. <laughs> It, it's 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 gambling. It's loot boxes. It's all the same thing. It doesn't matter what fancy label it is. It's not surprise mechanics or anything like that. It's just simply gambling. Yeah. And it comes with all the problems associated with problem gambling, i.e., you know, disproportionate effect on vulnerable communities such as veterans or you know, like the the poor, basically. <laughs> you know, people pe- people are going to be spending money that they can't afford to spend just because they don't really realize what they're spending. Because it's all gated behind these virtual currencies. Like, mm-hmm. if, if, you, if you if you go in this rocket in this deck yard, in the dockyard, and he's like, "Oh, I've got like, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got a couple of thousand doubloons. I'll do a couple of rolls." You know what I mean? You don't remember how much you spent on those doubloons. You just know I bought some doubloons a while ago. You can't remember. That, I mean, you, I mean you, that's uh, yeah. This kind of obfuscation yeah. is is kind of one of the primary reasons why a lot of games have this kind of. Uh whole separate currencies thing. I mean, at least at least World of Warships has only got one separate currency that you oh, no, no, pay no, for no, money. No, no, no. If we look uh, at the armory right now, right? If we go look at the armory right now, uh, let me let me quickly have a look and how how many different... At, at least, I'll I give have. it this, 
they let you buy an amount of doubloons that you want to buy. A lot of free-to-play games have uh, what Josh Strife Hayes calls abusive pricing, where they only sell bundles of currency that is at odds with um, like yep. the amount that like the pricing <laughs> in game does not ma- um, match the amount that you can buy the bundles of currency for. Yeah, but so gaming just has to... it in another layer because you can buy the amount of doubloons you want, so can buy the amount of bundles that you want, but the bundles have a different currency that you need for the next, and that might not match. Well, yeah, in this particular so... instance, it is completely egregious. I'm talking just on a more general level of it, you know, it could be worse. <laughs> it's always sad when that's the, ba- the best thing you can say, but yeah. yeah so War gaming current... just hides it better. Currently, we have the Ruckus token, or whatever the hell it's called. Um, Depot tokens, right? But the Depot yeah. tokens, you need to buy doubloons to get, so that's two levels of virtual currency. And then you have this other virtual currency, Coal, which you get by playing the game. And you have this other virtual currency, Steel, which you get from playing the game. But then you also have this other other virtual currency called XP. But you can spend your, you can spend some of your doubloons to buy some free XP, but you could also convert some of your free XP into Commander XP. And you can do all of these things by spending so like there's so we have so many different virtual currencies we just like we just i mean it, you it's, can it's all designed mm-hmm. to confuse people yeah. you can also buy like credits for the balloons and then sometimes there might be an auction where you can spend the balloons or credits on i mean if you can spend credits on coal by for an auction but you can buy the credits first with the balloons and you know it's yeah. Yeah, it's it's it all ends up in somewhere in the balloons and their pockets. But hey, we are we are definitely in a lot better place than we were a year ago. One hundred percent, a oh, much yeah. better place than we were a year ago. We have drop rates now. We have ex- explicit explanations of the mercy rules. Where we don't have like ships that are only available via random boxes. Sure, there's like you know early access and that things, but like eventually mm-hmm. they go into, like it's not like we had Agincourt where the only way to get Agincourt originally was to get it from this random Jutland container. Like, you know, we, we now explain yeah. specifically, this is how you get this ship. Sure, you can have it earlier than other people, but then everybody's just like, don't buy it. You know, don't buy it. Wait, wait, just wait. Just wait. Like, we all do We We do it all the time. Like, Johan the Wit, when that was like 72, like, random bundles or whatever, you, so you could, like, try and get that. And like we all we all logged on to our press accounts. It's like, all right, how many rolls does it take you guys to do this? It's like seventy two, seventy two on EU, and then on my other press account, <laughs> yeah. it, it was like sixty four rolls on my I need a press account. It's like, yeah. So you're saying I, that right? Then we'll go do some quick maths, right? We'll go work out just how many doubloons this would have cost a person. You know, it, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Defeating the layers of obfuscation is one of our primary responsibilities as co- content creators when we work with our community. I think, like, like we 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 basically know our way around this game well enough to tell people what is bullshit and what they're being scammed on, and that that's something we should take pride in. Like, it's like we know what the tempt. We know what you need to work. work what we know how wargaming work. We need to know what you need to look out for. We've petitioned Wargaming to get some of the older scummy tactics that they used to use gone entirely. It used to be yeah. you didn't know what the odds of you getting a certain ship were. Now you know exactly what your chance of getting it is. And if you don't get it in this many rolls, you go and get it on this roll. And you know exactly how much money that's going to cost you. Well, at least you know how many doubloons it's going to cost you. And then we can tell you this is how much real life money it's going to cost you. 
you can at least make an informed decision now compared to what it used to be. It's like, this ship might have this, this box might have this ship in. What's the drop rate? It's a mystery. <laughs> yeah. They, they have yeah. improved, although I have to say something like we, uh, the, the Arcus uh, event that we've mentioned before. It's, it's a concerning step again, right? Because they have been on, at least with the drop rate so they have been on an improvement path, but this event was just so absolutely two, two steps forward, one step back. Yeah, yeah, but at least it's still making forward progress. <laughs> if it was one step forward and two steps back, we'd have much bigger problems. But the fact that we're actually making yeah. forward progress... You know, I'm still gonna ouch. I'm still gonna put my feedback in. I'm still gonna tell them I don't agree with what you're doing here. This is why. This is why. This is why. And uh, you know, I'm gonna hopefully like maybe help them like realize why we have a cultural disconnect with some of these things about why we think that like you know like this is so abhorrent sometimes. You know, put put the human face to it and be like, hey, like no, (laughs) no, we don't (laughs) like this. Meanwhile, Belgium. Like, yeah, we're just going to ban you the box, you see us. And like, all the Belgian players are just like, um, oh, there's a Ruckus in the Depot event, is there? That, is, is it nice? No, no, it's a complete scam. Oh, okay, that makes me feel better, at least. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, though, we're going to put in, we're going to do an auction. Actually, the auctions have got better as well. I was about to slant, I was about to slate the auctions to fuck, where it was like, you know, you have to mm-hmm. bid a mystery amount to see how many doubloons you can, you might, <laughs> You better bid as much as you can to make sure that you don't miss out on this fantastically rare ship, the Grem Yashi. It's like, how many doubloons are you going to bid? I don't know. I'll bid all my CZ doubloons, I guess. 20,000, whatever. Turns out it's sold for like 10,000 at most. It's like, well, tough. You overbid by 10,000. You got screwed. Enjoy your ship, though. Bye. At least I've changed that system. I think the last time yeah. we auctioned the ship was Musashi. And... Everybody paid the lowest bidder, but at the same time, I'm not sure if they're going to make more or less than that because people are going to be like, "Oh, I get the refund. Okay, I'll just bid more then. It's fine. I'll just bid, you know, <laughs> like everybody's just going to be bidding over what they were normally going to be paying. I don't know if they're going to be making more or less doubloons this way. Depends on what the good, top end wheel was. Good like, question. It, it depends. I think it really depends on just the one percent outlier, the person who was like the top end bidder, and how many people they were worth. Like, because if if you imagine, like, I don't know, let's go with like the Schlieffen auction, for example. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think I think that went for like twenty two thousand doubloons or something in that general region, which meant that approximately I don't know, like I think I think it was like a thousand of them went out. So if we assume a thousand people, that's you know two point two million doubloons or something. If there's one person who's decided to bid like five hundred thousand doubloons, you know, like yeah. Mm. He's, he's making up for like 20 people 20 40 50 people uh it, dep- it depends on like the top end so I, I really don't know if they're gonna be like i don't know if this is healthier or not i know it's gonna be healthier for the individual person but as an overall i don't know if it's like they're gonna be making more or less money off people but hey i'm just i genuinely i just avoid tell people to avoid the auctions in general though yeah probably better unless it's the credit auction I usually tell people, yeah, you should bid 100,000, 100 million credits on the call. It's actually kind of worth it. <laughs> That's the only one, though. Well, in uh, a more uh, fair kind of sale thing, they, they now have Warships merch in a new merch store or something. So if you want the Ship Happens t shirt or. Uh, I have a couple of t shirts. <laughs> 
Enter, create a code. Wait, make sure you use our affiliate link. But you know, the sad part is that those t-shirts cost a fraction of what uh, digital ship. Like, you know, if you want to buy a tech tree ship like the Kansas, you're going to pay more than for these t-shirts. So. It's something to think about. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah, some of them are not bad designs as well. You think that's bad? You know how much these go for? No you idea. These, these things, these things are these things are expensive. I think these, like there was like auctions for these things. <laughs> like, I think I think these went for like a hundred dollars for charity. I, I oh, wow! Be, okay. Yeah, like the charity auctions for these on the official Discord last time they were like hundred dollars or something. Turns out although, these are gold. Although people might just bid more because it's for charity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely bid more for charity. So I think the first one I got from this was like a gift from somebody who won it in a charity auction. Then the second one I got, I won myself in a charity auction. Then the third one I got was from the Belfast. And I think the fourth one I got was from when I went to Prague. And then the fifth one. I th- actually, I can't remember. What I need more of these, by the way. I need 15 <laughs> so I can cosplay a Shimakazi and just go dev strike somebody in real life. Just run up and be like, eh! I probably gonna, I'm going to pick those up now. <laughs> you you now need to build a launcher for them. Uh, yeah. You have to you have to modify a Nerf gun or something to shoot those. No, you, we just need an actual Shimakazi. It's like we just need an actual like a model Shimakazi. <laughs> I mean, what scale is this? Uh, like, I have no idea. You're the, who's the naval expert around here? One of you two. It's but, not me. No, I don't know. Well, me neither. Jedi Ch- is the expert. Let's go with that. All right, Jedi. Right, it depends what what type of torpedo if you're scaling them to. Like, I think the standard twenty-one inch were what five thirty-three mil. Right. Well, hang on. Let me get tape measure out. And then the Japanese ones were bigger. I can't remember. I mean, they were like six hundred and something. Right. Well, this is about the question: Is are the proportions even right? Or shouldn't it be longer? For probably like not. The... No. This, no. This they should definitely long. be longer. This is about a foot long. So, like, I don't know. If you can convert that into <laughs> inches, and then you can get, you, then you can get the scale of it. Although these are quite chubby. Like these are definitely a bit chubby than a real torpedo. Oh uh, yeah, they, they are um, <clears throat> short and girthy in comparison <laughs> to actual torpedoes. Hmm. I'm going to avoid those jokes. <laughs> <laughs> there are several jokes I could make right now. <laughs> Keep it PG, even though I've been swearing all, all podcast, and I didn't actually ask if it was okay to swear at the start. <laughs> no, this is fine. Okay, thank God. <laughs> well, I mean, we have used bad language like aircraft carrier and submarine repeatedly yes. throughout the whole, the whole podcast, mm. so... Yeah, that's fine. It just means you have to go back through the entire thing and listen to every time I swear, which is going to be just basically we go and like bee over the top of like every bee sentence. I say bee. <laughs> I need to get one of those things in real life. I think I don't know what they're called, but just you know the bee. I mean, is that like a real? I mean, well, real process. Wouldn't it be like easier to just generate the sound with the computer? Probably, yes. But it's much less fun. You need a big button. It's true. 
I could, buy, I could just buy like a big arcade button and then just hook it up to a thing on. Probably be similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm, I need to stop that now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, generally, I think we've covered all the news we've had in the past week. Or is there anything else we've guys wanted to discuss? Uh, I think that's pretty much it, unless there's been any last-minute discoveries of even deeper warship wrecks. Probably not. <laughs> I've heard nothing. No, I think there was just that one. Was it Sullivan's? I think, I think it's just Sullivan's. Wait, was it Sullivan's or I just made that up? Uh, Jedi naval expert. Who? What? Where? What? Who? <laughs> Me? What? If what I think it was Sullivan's. No, uh, it was Sam. Oh, the Samuel B. Roberts was the one that was. Uh, uh, oh, Roberts. Okay, not Sullivan's. What Sullivan's then? Uh, the Sullivan's was uh, was that a destroyer or a cruiser? It was destroyer. named after the Sullivan brothers that all. Died. Wait, is that the one that was sinking somewhere? I don't even know. I, look, I'm not very good at warships. Not it, both the game and real life and remembering history. So I'm just gonna um, leave the There was a Fletcher class called the Sullivans, and then there's been a Sullivan since then. See, you are a naval expert, Chennai. Well, I, vaguely. Yeah, there's been an Arlie Burke called the Sullivans as well. What's an Arlie Burke? Um, it was actually, I mean, this sort of ties into the San Diego. It yeah, was an Atlanta class that the, the Sullivan brothers died on, USS Juno, mm. during the Battle of Guadalcanal. And I totally just knew that offhand and definitely wasn't looking <laughs> up Wikipedia. Well, no, there's a commander called Ollie Burke that appeared in my port the other day, and I don't know whether, I think it was from the, the USS Black event. I'm not sure. I'm confused. It's just a random 12-pointer that I just appeared in my port. I'm just like, where did you come from? I think it actually might have been from the, the web campaign. Possibly. I don't know. I Team's need complaining that we haven't talked about cats enough today. Mine's currently outside. Um, What's my... your favorite cat? What's I did buy him cat? some catnip-flavored treats which he quite likes for some reason so that that's my cat news for the week obviously the most important topic we've left till last definitely yeah my cats are chilling uh, like i think whiskey is in the sink and uh sabrina is somewhere usually i keep my whiskey in a bottle <laughs> yeah uh Actually, the whiskey is probably not moving around i think i've got a bottle of whiskey up there from um the QE2 that was apparently bought on the day I was born. I got it from my grandparents' house. Apparently, what, what kind of whiskey? You have my full attention now. Let's go find out. One sec. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You can tell it's old because it's covered in dust. Yes. Uh, where is it? Uh, QE2 single malt scotch whiskey from the day I was born, apparently. Uh, yeah, this appears to be, like, a thing. 
part of it with them. Yeah. Looks, looks fancy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm. Apparently it's over 12 years old. Yes, I am definitely over 12 years <laughs> One day I'll drink this. But I think I have to save it for a special occasion now. And, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You said whiskey, and I just remember. We're talking about ships, and, like, you know, said whiskey, and then I was like, oh, there's ship whiskey up there. Let me go get it. <laughs> yeah, I do have several bottles of whiskey. And a cat called whiskey. That might be a correlation. Yeah. So, is, why did you call the cat Sabrina instead of Salem? Uh... I mean, uh, Sabrina is female. Salem does, is, is, sounds more like a male name. Maybe you could have called them whiskey and rum. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I could have. I, I mean, I could have called him Salem instead of whiskey, I guess. Then I'd have, I would have Sabrina and Salem. But now I have Sabrina and whiskey. At least I could say Sam is properly naval themed because he is partly named after the, uh, the famous naval cat. Although, of course, there's other, there's other naval Sams as well, like Samuel Hood. Anyway, yep. we should probably wrap things up. We're just rambling at this point. Yeah, honestly, I'll be, I'll be, yeah. like, I'll be thinking here. Like, am I supposed to be being entertaining now? Because I'm being entertaining. I'll, like, say a sentence, and then you'll both stare at me as I finish the sentence. Like, am I supposed to be going? I don't, I, I don't, I, I, like, I, look, I've got nothing. I'm just going to, yeah. See, it happened again. No. <laughs> No, we we were sort of uh, about to finish and then we got sidetracked, which happens, you know, because we've stopped talking about cats. But, uh... Blame chat. We we will blame chat. I will definitely blame chat. It's all chat. Exactly. So where we can... uh, Where can we find you, Painsaw? On Twitch? Do you have other content? YouTube? Twitch.tv forward slash Penzo. I do have a YouTube, but it's kind of dead. Um, you know, like, look, it's just, like, my, my YouTube is basically a VOD dumping ground for King of the Sea, usually, or whatever tournament. Um, the problem with that is, like, last last few tournaments, I haven't been on my own channel because I've been doing it for the official channel. And uh, I'm, let's just say I, I'm not going to be putting that camera work on my channel. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> But yeah, um, twitch.tv forward slash Painzor, it's spelled P-A-I-N-E-Z-O-R. A lot of people miss out the E, and uh, there's one guy with without the E who keeps getting followers and then wondering who the hell is. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hey, Painzor, why did you stop playing World of Warship? Like, I've never played World of Warship. That's a different Painzor. <laughs> Please leave me alone. Why do you people keep doing this? <laughs> At some point, we're just going to get him a like. But I'm just going to get him up. He's like, if you're looking for the guy with googly eyes, go to this channel. <laughs> I just need to have like a. I need to have a gentleman's agree with with the man. <laughs> yeah, that's where you can find me. I uh, stream every Thursday, uh, usually right after the official stream ends. So you can come check me out there. Hey, then thanks for joining us. It has been a pleasure. It has. And I, I quite enjoyed this. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.